All right. So welcome back to the Float Universe podcast. Glad to have you back. Tonight we got special guest uh, Sean McCormick. He's a life coach and a uh, podcaster. And I really know him as the, I guess, the founder of Float Seattle. And I think they have three locations now. Uh, Welcome uh, to the podcast, Sean. How are you doing tonight? Oh, dude, I'm so good. I'm so excited to chat with you, dude. This is this is this is exciting. I'm I'm uh, I'm in a good state of mind, uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait to jam. Yeah, it's it's great energy, and uh, so you're you're a hardcore floater, just like me. You've been. We were just talking a little bit before we actually officially got started. You said 2012 was when you got started on this uh, float adventure. Yeah, I mean, uh, formally, officially, we we opened the doors to Float Seattle in November of 2012. Uh, and my first float was actually five years before that. Um, and I hadn't floated really until I was doing like the research and stuff. So there was like, um, yeah, my my journey started with the opening of the doors in Float Seattle based, you know, just outside downtown Seattle. And then, um, you know, there were th- 35 float centers in the country at that time. And uh, my wife and I actually traveled to the float conference in Gothen, in, in Gothenburg, Sweden, which if you're Swedish is pronounced Hutiboy. Hutiboy. And so we went to the float conference in Sweden and there was like uh, 12 people there. There was the guys from Float On. There was Sandra from, from a Float Shop in Portland also. And then Swedish researchers and, you know, like float legends like Dr. Roderick Bory, who is a hypnotist and a therapist who would talk to people in float tanks. It was like super hard. It was like float core. It was like a really dedicated group. And then, so that was in 2011. And then, yeah, we opened in 2012 and then we were just were off to the races from the get go. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where it begins. The, the first float is a, is a cool story uh if if unless you want to ask other questions about sort of like origin well no i would just that's incredible i haven't gone to the float conference in in, uh portland and all those other places they've done them but uh, it's incredible to hear i didn't even know they did them what'd you say in uh (laughs) yeah gothenburg hit the boy gothenburg so it was like uh london and then San Francisco, 2009 or 2008 was London. 2009 was San Francisco. Oh, wait, you've been there. You went to one in 2008 as well. I went to the, I went, no, I went to the, no, that was like the first of this sort of second iteration of float conferences. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So Shoshana from Samadhi and uh, the float tank association had had, you know, gatherings and conferences and stuff years ago but then when like the resurgence sort of the reemergence of the joe flooding. rogan era exactly yeah that yeah exactly like the, you know crash <clears throat> crash in venice beach uh, he's obviously stayed stayed in the periphery from from the, the industry a little bit although that's not really fair to say but yeah we went to sweden uh to to learn and to understand the science because you know we went headlong into john Lilly like really deeply into, into his work and his writing and, and wanted to get nail it, like be true in our expedition to, to bring people their own consciousness. Um, and, and so, yeah, Sweden in 2010. And then there was another one before the, uh, the guys that float on uh, took over 
um, the next year in San Francisco, which we didn't, we didn't go to. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, and then just, you know, 2013, 14, 15 is just, it just took off like crazy. So that's cool. So I'm really talking to an OG of the begin of that second uh, wave the I called the Joe Rogan era where he started to be making his podcast, talking about his experiences with it and inspiring people like I'm sure me and you, yeah. uh, cause that's what got the guys that, that the float center that we own now, the guys that built it prior to us owning it, they were inspired by Joe Rogan and MMA and all that stuff. And they built all that stuff here. So we got the benefit of uh, Joe Rogan as well, but uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me about your first float then. That some, what inspired you to, yeah, to, cause it, it costs a lot of money to go to these float conferences, uh, especially for such a niche. It's very niche, especially at that point. <laughs> right. What, uh, what inspired you like to, to get into to that, to that level of like dedication to floating and. Well, you know, uh, I'm a weird guy. <laughs> I, I like weird stuff. Uh, I don't know if that sounds familiar. Oh uh, yeah. But... Yeah. But no, I mean, like, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've been meditating since I was 12. Uh, my folks taught me transcendental meditation um, to, to help me regulate, self-regulate um, when I was about 12 years old. Well, and, and so I'd meditated through, you know, through high school off and on and then into college off and on. And then, you know, post-college, like was, was diving deeper, you know, sort of experimenting with psychedelics in college and taking my consciousness to different places and, and incorporating different spiritual practices into, into the things that were the most important to me. And when, during my research into, into mindfulness meditation, I kept coming across this reference for sensory deprivation tanks, like, you know, and, and so with, with Lily and then the work of, Oh, there's a, there's a, oh, there's a really smart doctor and researcher. I forget her name. She's out of uh, London. Imperial College of, of London. Oh man, I'm blanking on her name, but she wrote lots of papers about the con- the connection between mindfulness meditation and the experience of of uh, flotation therapy. And so, you know, I was 23 or so, like in my sales job, and interested in expanding my brain and and not feeling at home in like the rat race shirt and tie nine to five um, sort of paradigm. I just never fit there. So like I went on my lunch break to go, uh, to go float. And I found this dude on Craigslist and he was a massage therapist and also had a float tank in his house. And so, you know, during my lunch break, I went out to Brian's house and, uh, knocked on the door and, you know, the, the, the person that you would expect to open the door that has a float tank in their basement, uh, open the door, you know, it's like, really 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 chill great eye contact you know just um a a dedicated yogi and floater answered the door he's you know young and vibrant he's probably you know in his mid-30s at that point and i was like hey you know he's like sean come on in hey don't you know don't mind the mess uh the float tanks downstairs come on follow me and so i was like you know i made the joke Cause I'm that guy. I was like, so you're not going to fucking kill me. Are you man? <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to like chop me up into bits. Are you? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, uh, I get that joke a lot. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, so I, you know, uh, went downstairs and walked down his basement and showered in his, um, in his, you know, his kid's room or in his kid's bathroom downstairs. Again, it's like middle of a Tuesday in like uh, September. And, 
you know, he gave me a towel, but I, you know, walk buck naked down the hallway and he's like, yeah, just come on in. You just, oh, just got to lay back and, um, and relax and breathe. And I was like, okay. And, and I had, at that point I was pretty dialed in on the, on my meditation. And so I was prepared. I had, I was, you know, I was high vibing and I was, I was really committed to, to my meditation and was doing a fair amount of psychedelics too. And so I get into this guy's tank and, and I, I had, and I had an out of body experience in my first float session, um, spontaneous, like it was not purposeful. Um, I didn't do any of the astral projection, uh, techniques that I would learn later. Uh, I just had this sort of involuntary, uh, projection, went into this, you know, saw myself and because of the work of psychedelics, because of the work of my meditation, I knew not to freak out. And which is like the most important thing when you're having um, a projection is to, is to just keep it calm. Were you, out, and, were you outside of the tank seeing yourself like yeah. seeing the tank or were you in the darkness of the tank, like in the void feeling? No, it was, it was, I was like 12 feet up above myself, like looking down at myself, I could see through the tank you know, there's sort of like a layer of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of form, you know, so you could see through the tank. What kind of tank was it? It was a pathfinder. What are those uh, like, uh, are they boxy? They're boxy and they are, it's a vertical, a vertical sliding hatch. So it like the, like, um, like almost uh, like the, the, the lid, which is only like three feet long slides over the top of the float tank. Okay. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So what, you had what, to step up. What year that. was this? This was 2000 and probably 2005. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Still early there. Yeah. Pretty early. Yeah. Very early. And, but, but he, you know, he had the full setup and he, I mean, he, this guy had crystals everywhere. He had, I just remember, um, I just remember feeling like really peaceful and, and really at home, really, um, like this guy took care of this place, you know, like this was, well, was, that's the thing though. You're, you're seeking the next level thrill because, you know, the first time I floated as much as I wanted to do it, it was still kind of hard to relax the first time. Cause I was, you know, just, just the weird experience in itself. But then again, you're going to the next level by being in some dude's basement, you know, and uh, it's not like you found it on Craigslist, right? It was not, it's not, a, not commercial at all. Right. Totally. Exactly. Well, yeah, to your point, like that probably aided in my feeling like, Oh, this is very, this is very relaxing. This is, well, I mean, I would think the opposite for me if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to some dude's, <laughs> if I'm going to some dude's house, I'm like, ah, I don't know, man, it's be hard to relax. Is it like, you know, cause it's not regulated. There's no, does the state, you know, does the, the County come in here and, you know, check their water or do they, do they follow you any kind of regulation? You know what I mean? That's, that's the good thing about having a, a commercial business is, you know, hopefully there's uh, some kind of regulation. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, and and it has to be in order for it to reach to reach the the amount of people that that should be floating like right now, today, tonight, tomorrow. Go, just go do it. You're you're not gonna regret it. It it has to be it has to be legit. And and I, I guess the if you were there, if you'd have walked in with me with Brian, into Brian's house, you'd probably you'd probably be like, oh, this guy is this guy's chill as fuck oh yeah for sure for sure (laughs) i mean that's what happened to me the guy the first the first time i floated the guy was like you know the universe manifested itself and formed through this person to to make sure everything was chill it was like the chillest dude ever and he's still my friend but uh oh that's cool yeah i'm sure it's like the same thing with you it's like you know you manifested this experience so 
early of and now it became this thing where you caught the curve at just the right time it seems oh, so yeah, yeah so, so you had the first float you had an out-of-body experience and then what happens after that yeah so then after that um you know t- t- the, the profundity of of that of a, of a projection an obe you know an, an astral projection um that'll stick with you you know everybody remembers the first time that that happens just yeah. like you remember the first time you float <laughs> for sure and so I was, you know, stunned. And then I put my shirt back on. I mean, uh, I, I like went out into his backyard and cruised around in his backyard and then heard, John, you're done. And then I like pop back, back into my body. Oh, wow. And yeah. So I, I, I would learn later that like I relaxed into that, began to meditate and in that meditative state with, I, I, I believe strongly, the, the environment that was cultivated for this experience, not necessarily for astral projection, but one of like healing and peace and love, um, uh, I, the vibration was right for me to, and my body was vibrational, it was high vibrational. And again, I'd learn all these techniques later, but, but I just had, so like I'm looking in his backyard. So, I, so, he, so he knocks, I get out. I, put, I get dressed and he's like, how was that? And I was like, oh, that was, I can't even, what do I, uh, words. You know, like I couldn't, I just didn't know it's, I was just stunned, you know? Yeah, very common. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like just that, that stare of like, well, how do I, how do I just, how do I put words into what I just experienced? Uh, he's like, take your time. I'll pour you a cup of tea and I'll meet you upstairs. And so I like, you know, finished getting dressed and then I wanted to kind of confirm that I saw what I saw and that what I just, what I, the experience that I just had could be substantiated at all. And so I walked back toward the bathroom before going upstairs and peeked through the, uh, through his kid's bedroom into his, into his backyard and saw the same things that I saw when I projected, like it was, I was there, like I saw the path of his dog that ran around the perimeter of the backyard. Like I saw his kids like play set. I saw this, like, you know, this basketball in the middle of the yard and was just like dumbfounded. So like, he's like, what are you, you know, we're sipping tea and you know, words are coming back from me. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing today? You know? And I was like, I'm going back. I guess, I guess I'm going back to work. He's like, Oh, you don't want to do that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I don't. And I go, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see a show tonight. And he's like, Oh, now, now we're talking. What are you, who are you going to see? And I said, I'm going to go see 311. And he's like, he goes, you're going to have, it's going to be they're, they're They've never sounded as good as they'll sound tonight. And I was like, well, that's cool. He's like, but you're going to want to probably wear earplugs because you're going to be sensitive to everything. So yeah. So like that, that anchored my first float experience, this like profound, this profound thing. And and then I just sort of, honestly, I just, I just sort of left it, you know, it took me a while to process it. It took me a while to, um, to like wrap my arms around what that was. And, um, I also, you know, reinvigorated my meditation practice, but I kind of forgot about it really for, for a couple of years until, um, I guess it was like three years later, four years later, um, I was driving with my, with my wife 
um, commuting back from work. We happened to work in the same building and we were, were driving back on this rainy Seattle day. It was like November, um, um, two years before we opened actually, uh, the first location. And, uh, we were talking about ways to get out of the rat race. Like, how do we, how do we just, this is, this is not what life should be like this. This is before we have kids, before we buy a house, let's go do something. Let's go start something. And I said, you know, what, why don't we start a float center? And she goes, uh, what? <laughs> I said, why don't we, you remember that thing that I did at that dude's house in the big, with the big tank of water. And she's like, Oh yeah, you really like that. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was cool. And I was like, well, let's, let's open a business there. There's, there's a few of them in the country. Let's, let's do it. And she's like, okay. And she never says, okay. Like there, it, there's always, you know, additional conversation required to get her buy-in, but she was in. And then like from there, um, you know, we got, we got money together. We found, found a partner and we started to get to work on it and then got the doors open. Actually for the next year, I actually worked at a different job. I got basically got recruited to go work at another radio station in the same city. And I saved all of the money from my income. We lived off of my wife's income and I saved all of it to like bootstrap the, to open the float center. And then, uh, yeah, we opened in 2012 and it was just like just the perfect time. So you opened that first location in 2012. And at that time, you were probably, what, 36, 37, 38. Do you know, like, how many float centers were there were when you actually opened your doors? Yeah, there was, I think there was 35. Um, and they were, most of them were in home centers. Um, right, like the one you went to. Right, exactly. So they would, they would have, they'd have websites. And so when I was doing, doing my diligence to figure out who did what, you know, there was crash at float lab in, in Venice. There was, um, there was a place, there's a place in Chicago. It's like higher levels or something like that. There was, there was the dude with the float set with the float tank in his house, like in Manhattan. Um, and he had been around doing it like through the sixties. Yeah. I've heard about that guy. Yeah. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> I mean, he's got stories to tell. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there was, you know, there was, um, there was the, the place in Montreal. Oh man. Uh, Bernard, forget Bernard's last name. It's a French word. Uh, the so, Float Center, yeah. So you were the first one in Seattle then? We were the first one in Seattle. Right. So where was the guy's basement one that you went to? It was, it was like in this in the next city over Bellevue, just right near Seattle. Oh, okay. So yeah. So you're the first official commercial one. And then I guess really what's, I've kind of, uh, we didn't build one from the, from the, you know, like, did you build it from the, uh, is it in a commercial center or do you, is it a standalone? Did you build it from the, you know, from the bottom up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, every single detail for sure. So you got, yeah. to, you were one of these ones that were, you got to do it from the way you wanted from the, from scratch, from the bottom up. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, and around that time, uh, we were, you know, when, when we were looking at the, the float centers that did exist, like, you know, like float on in Portland uh, and, and, and float lab in Venice that were the nearest two to me, we were like, what, well, what do we, what colors, what feels, what textures, what smells, what experience, like every, every little detail from how you answer the phone to the colors on the website, to the clothes that people wear, like we, you know, just, I, we really, really did not get any guidance um, or really mo- were able to model really anyone because we wanted to do four float tanks. Um, 
uh, off the bat and uh, a, a true rest too. So Nick down in, um, in Scottsdale, I think he had two or three locations at that time, maybe just one or two, but yeah, I mean, every, every little aspect of it. And, and yeah, I was like literally listening, like paint built that float center with Joe Rogan talking in my ear, like just listening to podcast after podcast. Cause the dude's so prolific, but painting, sanding, you know, doing wall construction, filling tanks, just listening to the, listening to the JRE and other cool podcasts and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean like from, from, from top to bottom, every single thing was, was created by us. Yeah. That's one thing I like about uh, your set of float centers is you do have your own. I really like your, your branding. I think that's really important for float centers to have a, a unique, but clean identifiable branding, which you do. It really does fit the the atmosphere of a float center. I think it's like a green, right? Yeah. 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 Ours is kind of that too. It's uh, it's I think it's a color that goes good with health, wellness, stuff like that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Very good. Very good at start. I think that's important what you did. And uh, so, how many tanks did that first float center start with? So we opened with two. We had an ocean float room that we bought used from like a nail spa. And then we had an Oasis and those are still there, uh, still, still running. And then after six months we built out and part of it was due to the ways that we roughed in all of the plumbing and stuff, uh, in, in the second half. So we built out one half fully and then we basically had like an open room. Um, that was one big room that would have, that would eventually have the other two float tanks on the left. But the way that we built it was kind of wackadoo and ran out of space. And so for space kind of, uh, but also to kind of still stay OG and, and stay true to the roots of, of sort of the origins of floating, we went down and saw Shoshana um, from float dreams um, and her family, of course, um, founded um, Samadhi float tanks. They were, I mean, and they were like homies with John Lilly, um, Lee Perry and Glenn. And so we went down and floated in one of her float tanks and we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do two, two of those. So we did uh, two, two Samadhis. We called one of them Samadhi and we called the other one infinity still named those still floating um, in infinity because we had the infinity logo in our, in our, uh, in our branding and stuff. Um, so then yeah, after six months, we had four float tanks and, and they, things just grew and grew and grew really quickly. Now, when you had the two, like when you started building, did you have the build out in your mind? Like maybe we could add two more tanks, four more, six more, or did you, you know what I mean? Like, how did you do the add on? Did it something that you already had pre-planned? Like, okay, we're, we're hopefully we're going to expand and we're going to, okay, we'll, we'll have two more rooms here. Or is it something that you really had to like, just build a whole new wing onto your building or whatever? We, we, the original plan was for four and we really just only had the budget for the two originally. And right. then when we got the other two, when we were, when we were sort of mocking up the, the layout for the float center, we wanted to make sure that, uh, well, we, we basically just, you know, built it for four. And so all of the plumbing and everything was roughed in in that way. And we have this big lobby, this mid room, um, in the middle of the float center, this is like chill, super chill space with this dope couch and tea and stuff to hang out like in the belly of the float center, like not in the front because we wanted to create sort of like a, a womb like experience for people to come in and just like, you know, be away uh, from people. So we really just had room for the, t for the total of four, but we built out our second location. Uh, we started to, we signed the lease on the second spot after a year and a half 
because we were so busy and the the cash flow was so good. So we 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 then we did another four four tank center, um, basically just across across Lake Washington over in Bellevue. So it's so you got a profitable business model. Yeah, yeah, that's good because I see, especially a lot of the mom and pop ones, especially with the coronavirus stuff lately. The past few months, I've seen a lot of these places on these groups falling off, selling, uh, having to close their doors. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate. So it's good to hear that uh, your, your float centers are still doing well. Now I got a personal question. I've never floated in a room, but I know lots of people have. I've only floated in the pods in a tank. I floated in a Samadhi tank. I floated in a float on isopod and then the Genesis, uh, what is that, US, US float pods or whatever. Um, do you have a preference in, in, in terms of room versus pod? Or do you, or is it, it doesn't matter? Because I know a lot of people um, that are hardcore floaters, they seem to, uh, to gravitate more towards like the Samadhi type tanks. Yeah, I, I prefer a tank over a pod or a room. I really, I really do. Um, there's something, you know, that extra space seems like a good idea, but you know, because it's cavernous, sometimes your own sort of internal noises, gurgles or a bus two blocks away can, can echo around inside the float tank a little bit, which, which can be distracting. And, but I think, I think it might even be more attributed to the fact that the people who have been floating for 30 or 40 years or just have had their best experiences in a Samadhi, you know, um, I would choose, I would, we had, I would pick an oasis over, um, you know, a isopod any day of the week, because there's so much, there's so many things that, that seem to, that, that seem to, that can go wrong and do go wrong. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, I feel the same exact way. If, <laughs> right? if we do another float center, we've learned with these two different tanks, we've got the, the really computerized one versus the, you know, the same one you've got there, the bare bones ones. Those, it's just a heating element, a, a filtering, a filtration element. And then, you know, the tank itself and then the water, yeah. but, and everything, you know, it, oh, none of those bells and whistles that break. And then you got the computer that goes down, the whole thing goes down, yeah. power goes down. It's all kinds of weird things can happen. I prefer to just have that one button to turn the light of the button or the filter on and that's it. Yeah. So for me, I, I recommend people to just, I know people want to do the rooms and the big, the big tanks because accessibility and people who have claustrophobia issues. Um, I want to accommodate as many people as I can, but I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm looking for the hardcore people. And I, I, yeah. I, I attract a lot of those people. There's about three or four other people in, in Orlando and in, in, in the area around here. And then I think for the most part, we attract, uh, we don't put out a spa vibe. So yours kind of seems like kind of where I'm at, but yours is a little bit spa vibey. How would you, de how would you describe the vibe? Uh, Cause I feel like there's a few different vibes. There's like this super spa vibe, like there's like massage and spa vibe. There's like, more of like a psychedelic vibe. Like I know places that have like crystals and stuff and they have yoga rooms like we do. Where would you describe float Seattle on the spectrum of super commercial versus like, you know, crazy crystal mom and pops? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really, man, this is so cool. It's, it's this detail stuff. Uh, it's so great. Uh, I, Float Seattle continues to be like the the crunchy uh, granola, like earthy, but with 
tech chops sort of vibe. So we, we, we tried to marry, you know, natural with, um, like clean and clean industrial. So, you know, we have moss, there's moss and, and, and mirrors and. Yeah. That's the thing I do. You do have a, that, that is that crossroads of technology and, and, uh, nature vibe. I do like that there. Yeah. It's, It's, uh, it's clean. I like that. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not flashy. There's not too much going on, and and you know, it's it's purposeful. I mean, think you know, we go through stylistic changes, and you know, the float center has obviously changed a, a lot of different times and evolved and and added new things and taken away things, but the the origin was to create a place that was like neutral, like for real neutral. Like we're not, yeah. pro- we're, we're not going to program you. We don't, we're not trying to sell you salt lamps. You could buy one if you want, but we're not trying to sell you salt lamps. Uh, we're, we're not trying to tell you what to think or what to feel. We're not even going to tell you to relax. Like we just want you, we, we're just here. And, and the correlations over toward like a psychedelic experience to, to sitting for someone um, who's having a deep and meaningful experience is in the bones of, of the business. And it's, it's still in the bones of what I do now, but it's in the bones of floating. It's in the, it's in the DNA of the, yeah. of the, of the experience. And, and that's what John Lilly um, advocated for. And the Perry's advocated for it was like, we're not, we're not trying to be anything. We're just trying to let you be you. And so keeping it keeping it neutral, you know, neutral smells, neutral light, you know fairly neutral colors earth tones it's like you know you come come here to come here to do the good work and that's a really good point yeah stay out of your way right that's a good point and i tell this to a lot of people who when they come here i'm like well you're getting the next level experience of a i'm the owner and i'm here and i have reached a point where i realize there's not much to do there's nothing to do nowhere to go i'm just going to sit here you know i could bliss out on the beach somewhere I don't need to be doing this. I like doing this and I, I float every day because I do this, but uh, it's about holding space. And so I think when you go to mm-hmm. somewhere, uh, a, a lot of people around here, they go to a certain float centers and they're sold too much on the back end and that totally ruins their buzz. They come out of, you know, they come out blissed out post float glow and then they're just sold, sold, sold. And yeah. so I'm kind of the same way. We're not, Hey, the experience should sell itself. I just got to set the mood. And, uh, it, and I also say it's like about the experience. It's not just about being in the float tank and having the experience in there, but it's in the beginning when you walk in the door, how you're treated, what kind of space we're holding. Are we being loving and non-judging and yeah, just holding that space for that person to do their thing? Then, yeah, is the float good, salty, clean, et cetera? And then on the back end, yeah. Some people are coming out crying. Some people are coming out, uh, you know, having a next level experience like you, like me. I wanted to have a, I bought the, the membership the first time I came out of the tank. I said, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care what it costs. Uh, let's do it. I got it. Can I get back in now? Um, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I didn't have an out of body experience, but it was close to it the first yeah. time. And uh, yeah. So anyway, it's just incredible to be talking to someone like you that again is a OG, I feel in this second wave and, I feel like, yay, yeah, I guess, long story short, you, you, you sold, you sold them, but I, I still want to talk about the era of you owning them. Like, for example, I'm still in it. Uh, what, yeah. what advice do you have for people who are either wanting to start, uh, they love floating and they want to own their own and they want to build a float center? Like, what advice do you have for those people? Because I know a lot of people, they get excited and, they, you know, 
it's like, I want to own a float tank and it would be so much better if I could own that float tank and make money off of it. Oh, yeah. well, might as well, oh, I've got a couple thousand dollars in the bank here. I, ooh, I have a friend that wants to do it too. You know, like what, what advice would you give to somebody now that you've really, you've built a couple of them. You've, you've, you know, you, you've really run the whole journey here. Now, what, what advice would you give to someone that maybe uh, that has a next level experience and maybe want to start looking into buying and owning a float center or float business? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's obviously that's a really that's a really a, a deep and 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 um, essential question. And the the thing is, is that it takes a lot of work to get it right. Uh, it takes a lot of work to to think through the experience, like you talk about, and there the energy that you have in the brand, in the space, in the people that run your float center. Um, it, it, cause people know if it's cool or not, people will know, like, are these, are these people yeah, cool? They'll or, feel it if you're not, if you're feeling it or not. Totally. for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I've been in, you know, bunches of float centers. It's like, Ooh, this, the vibe is off here. She doesn't know what she's doing or there's these weird bubbles in the water that I don't like. Um, you know, the, the you know, the lights got turned on in the middle of my float. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Just not being like, present. Yeah. Not, not, not really taking enough time and energy to get the experience right, like dialed in. And that takes, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of attention. And at the same time, you have to make sure that you're running a profitable business. You, you have, you have to have cash flow. You have to have, like a rainy day fund you 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 really do have you have to you have to really have to get a grip of the finances because it took me a long time to get there i struggled like a lot you know like you know opening we wanted to make sure that we opened before the return of quetzalcoatl so we got we opened it you know in in november of of 2012 um and at wow. that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've that, you better believe that we floated on, uh, on, uh, December 21st, 2012. We actually, yeah, we did a whole bunch of cool shit that night, but, uh, you made it to the right timeline. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to get, we wanted to embed in, into that, into that transformational energy, um, before. And, and at that time, you know, sort of people coming, coming hang, uh, hangovers from, um, you know, the 2008 sort of housing market crash. And so finances were a little funny for people. And, and, you know, when you, if you are interested in opening a float center, you have to take the leadership very seriously because in order for you, like, and this is sort of this cool nuance, right? If you want to be, if you want to have a chill fucking business that people love, that your employees love being there, it, you kind of have to be the bad guy sometimes. You have to be the one that like um, makes hard decisions. You have to be the one that calls bullshit if people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And you have to concern yourself with the stuff that's not so fun in order for your business to thrive. So yeah, that means- for sure. That, you, yeah, making tough yeah. calls sometimes, not just partying. So, yeah. And, and, and again, like you can sustain that party vibe. You can, you can project the, you know, the, we we're laid back here because you are, 
And in order to be that secure and be laid back and not have to pressure people to sell memberships and not have to try to upsell people when they come out of the tank, you've got to be dialed in on the back end. Like the dudes, the Zaremba brothers at Float House in uh, Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia, those guys, they're really great. Like they, they've got, they, they had it figured out a while ago and they're nice and tight, the back end behind the curtain, like behind the desk, like their finances are, are super organized and strategic and, um, and they're good business people. And also they're cool as fuck and their float centers are cool and they do a ton of business. And I mean, I, I haven't talked to those guys in a while, but if you, if you really want to start a float center, uh, it, there's, it can be, it can be done and, and you have to get the fundamentals correct because it's still a business. Let me ask you this. Uh, I know it's going to vary by where you live and you know, what kind of tanks you buy and stuff, but realistically speaking, what, 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 uh, you know, on the high end and the low end, what what would it cost for someone to start like a, a two tank float center? You could probably do a two tank float center, like a modest size lobby like off the ground, like launched, ready for business for 250 um, in a smaller, in a smaller market. Uh, you know, 250 is not going to get you far in Seattle. It's probably not going to get you very far in Orlando. It's not going to get you very yeah, far in Yeah, no, Chicago. but I think that's about right. If you're running, if you're running like Samadhi type tanks, you know, you're not running a $50,000 tank in each room. Yeah. Uh, you know. And you can find used tanks, you know, you can find you can find used tanks, you know, you can, I mean, I've seen it done, you know, people build their own, which that never goes, never goes quite right. But well, yeah, yeah well, I mean, that's the, well, the thing about building your own is uh, when you reach a certain level, especially the professional level, the professionalism of float Seattle, it's like you're, you're regulated and you're a big commercial business. You, a, you can't have those kind of tanks and you know, right. you know what I mean? So it's like, that's the other thing. Um, some people just want us to tank at home. Like, uh, do you have any, advice for somebody who wants to float at home because I say, uh, Hey, you know, really think about that because you need a dedicated room. There's lots of salt issues. There's lots of humidity and, uh, you know, and, and we're pros and I still have, I've got it down to a science here, but this room has been figured out by somebody who's doing it hardcore every day. Uh, you're, you're going to ruin your house at the cost of learning, I think. So do you have any advice for anybody that wants to try to go and do it at home? You know, you can, You've got to be, you have to be kind of handy. You know, if you've never, if you've never changed a, a light fixture, <laughs> if For you've sure. never, yeah. you know, like if you don't, if you don't really understand what liquid cohesion is, <laughs> like, like it's, uh, you're not cut out for it. Like don't, unless you're, you're really good at figuring shit out on, on YouTube, um, there's just so many, there's so many things that can go wrong and it's, it's a lot of work to upkeep and it can like kind of take away from the fact that it's this like cool, beautiful thing that you have when you're constantly having to tinker it and test it and salt it and check the temperature and oh fuck this broken. Oh shit. We got to go. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's always changing. People's uh, biochemistry gets in the water and it, you know, person to person that's different. And that you know you filter the water and did you guys run uh what'd you run uh let's see just the regular filtration and then the uh what is it uh, the the o3 what's that uh ozone, ozone? did you did you guys do ozone machines and all that no when we when we built we were we were we were like 
again, <laughs> not to like be the cool guy, but we were, we were OG. So we, we used hydrogen peroxide. Oh, only. right. Yeah. Only. And the department of health, this was just one of the navigating, one of the tricky, tricky roadblocks to opening the float center, but the department of health was requiring us to use either chlorine or bromine and chlorine and bromine stinks. Yeah, we chlorine. I tell people if they're running a chlorine tank, don't don't do it. You, you can't do it. It's it's uh, it's it's terrible for you. I mean, we so what we would do is we would fill like they came in and inspected us twice a year. Uh, they just sort of popped in, right? Uh, the the Department of Health would come in and they'd say, "Hey, we're here from the Department of Health, and we we want to test your water." So they would test it for uh, coliform, fecal form. They would test pH. They would test, I don't even think they tested salinity because they, they didn't have any reference for that. It didn't really matter to, to them how salty it was because they thought of us basically as a, as a public swimming pool. You know, that's the issue I tell people. I'm like, look, the problem is it's cleaner. It's like so much cleaner than a pool ever could be by, the, by virtue of the number of people getting in and out of it. And the fact that you're taking a shower before you get in and out of it, you're the only one in it. It's Epsom salt. Nothing can live in it by, you know what I mean? So there's so many levels and then you're filtering it a couple layers over. Right. Yeah. It, and, and, and the department of health doesn't understand that because they don't, I mean, they don't, they don't have a, they don't, they don't, it's a, what you're doing, what you're putting in salt, that much salt. Well, we don't No, You don't need to do that. It's like, no, <laughs> that's the point of it. That's what we're doing here gang, but they would, they would come in and test. And so our system was, we would have bromine in the inline, uh, an inline hopper. We'd have tablets in there but we wouldn't turn it on. So we would just bypass the, the bromine filter or the, the bromine like intake valve. Um, and then when we learned that we could um, che- cheat the system, they would come in, they would test it uh, or, or we would stall them and say, Hey, we, you know, we've got to, you know, we're just, we're just getting cleaned up after a session. We need to, we need to um, just clean up, please give us, you know, five minutes. And then we'd go out to the, go to the tanks, turn on the brominators flush the system with bromine and when you flush the system with bromine it doesn't have bromine in, in it like the, the levels are they get high quick so like five minutes with bromine with the with the valve all the way open you're is just, enough you're just shocking it right exactly yeah. exactly and so they would test it and they would be like oh well your bromine levels are you know over you know two parts per million um you're good to go so that worked for a while and then we would of course like we would turn those off and then we would treat the water and like filter it continuously to like get, get the bromine out of there. But you know, that, that was, that was one of the games that we, that we had to play with them for a while. So that was way before, you know, um, ozonators or, or you know, UV or. Yeah, that's, we uh, have, we, we have an ozonator with the UV. And so the, the problem with those machines is you've got to get it set up. You've always got to get in there and clean the pipes out because the, the salts crystallizing and clogging it up. Right. Yeah. That's you know that's you know I'm, I'm sure you're probably happy to get out of that life, especially in the beginning, because right now I'm still here living. I'm, I'm loving it, right? I'm not mm-hmm. complaining. I'm living in it, and I'm loving it. I'm floating every day. Uh, now let me ask you this: When you first got in it, how often did you float? Like you were the owner, right? You and it was like you and a business partner. How many how many owners were there in the beginning? Yeah, there was there was me. So me and my wife um, did a lot of the like the branding, business design, like uh, processes and stuff like that. And then I had. Um, you know, it's sort of equated to you know, a minority partner who would, you know, lend a little hand here, a little hand there, um, you know, not, not be around very much. 
um, just kind of pop in from time to time, not, not really involved in the business. So it was me and I was like open to close. Uh, my, uh, my wife was pregnant, um, six months after, after we opened. Um, but I was open to close, um, seven days a week for probably the first like eight months. Like I, I lived at the float center and I would ride my motorcycle there in the morning and I'd ride it home at night and I would float every single day. I would float. And sometimes I'd float twice a day because I would come in the morning and when we were first starting, we weren't exactly like packed. You know, the 7 a.m. float wasn't exactly yeah. a, a jam and float spot for um, Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. was not like a hot, hot float time. So I would just go in there. I just pop in and float for float for an hour, hour and a half um, and hope that nobody booked because the doors were locked at the front. Uh, and then I'd pop out. And then a lot of times, just because as you know, like, again, holding space for people being present is emotionally and, and sort of energetically, it can be taxing because Oh, yeah, I'm drained at the end of the day. Yeah, you're and I don't do anything but mop and sweep and talk to people. Yeah. But that talking <laughs> to people is what costs all the energy. Totally, totally. Yeah. So floating at night, you know, is a nice so you know, I, I floated every day, sometimes twice a day for months and months and months and months and months. Um, in about the third month, I thought, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna float to a hundred, I'm gonna do a hundred days in a row, which at that point wasn't, I had, I wasn't really counting. I'd skip a here, a day here or there. And I made it to like 98. And then I had like, there was an emergency. So I couldn't, I couldn't get a float in. Um, but there was, you know, at least two or three other staff members did the same thing. Um, also made the made the hundred days in a row, but you know I, I've, I've tried to calculate it a couple of times, and I and I'm over. I'm probably coming up on seven hundred or so floats. I lost count because yeah. I, I used to count when I was a customer here, and then I I started kind of working for them a little bit, so I didn't officially count them on the computer. And then we ended up buying the place, and me living here, floating just like you in the beginning, first probably three or four months. I was floating twice a day. They weren't long sessions most of the time. They were 30, 40 minutes most of the time, each session. And I felt like I got to a point, especially, you know, I feel like sometimes these people float overnight and say the same thing, which is you float too much and I feel like you're, you're almost too jello. You almost, you know what I mean? You ever feel like that where you, is it possible to float too much, do you think? I think that, it, I think, you, I, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, you know, any, any sort of activity that changes, that changes your state one way or another um, can suppress you for sure. You know, you know, my, my dad always said to me, um, you know, when I asked him why he wasn't meditating, he's like teaching me how to meditate when I'm a kid. And I'm like, why don't you meditate anymore fool? Like, <laughs> what? like you're, you're teaching me how to do this and you're trying to get me to chill out. Cause I'm a busy, busy kid. Like, why don't you meditate every day? And he said, I don't like, he, he said, to be totally honest, the feeling that I am left with after a session of transcendental meditation is one where I feel like depleted. I don't, I don't feel calm. I don't feel um, balanced. I feel like lethargic. And he was probably making excuses to be honest, but, but if you spend an hour a day in a parasympathetic state, um, and you keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that. I think that you can probably get to a point where you need to like raise your prana a bit. You know, you need to like introduce, maybe you're too watery. You should introduce maybe some earth or some fire. Oh, dude, that's exactly what I used to think when I first started floating. I'm like, I am becoming too yin here. 
for sure. <laughs> I didn't know if that was even possible, but I felt like there was a wind in my sails and I had to like try to, you know, I, I was floating and I was smoking so much weed and as much as psychedelics light you up, they kind of just, you know, the cost of that wisdom and the, you know, the cost of the mountaintop is you're drained for days sometimes with psychedelics. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that, and I have people who float overnight and they're like, they have to get out halfway through because they feel like they need to put their bones back together. <laughs> uh, they, they've told me that they're like, I had to, I got to get out and uh, let gravity on my body a little bit because they've been wow. decompressed for so long. So the, you know, now that you're kind of more of like a chain or that, that brand is more, I guess, kind of like a little franchise thing you got going maybe, right? Or, or is it going to keep growing? What do you think? Well, yeah. So I, you know, I sold, I sold the float centers to um, uh, my manager, you know, who was a customer before, <laughs> uh, before, before he was my manager. Uh, he managed, he managed the three float centers for a year and a half. And it was always his dream to open a float center of his own. And I knew that. And there was another group of, of really frequent floaters, like um, members that they would, you know, they were in, you know, four or five times, a, four or five times a week. And as you know, whether you are a member who floats really frequently or a staff member who is there a lot, you, you develop these rhythms with people like, you know, John's coming in tonight. John always floats on Wednesday night or Vadim yep. is, is in at, you know, eight 30 every morning. And, and, you know, I know, you know, his, his kids, you know, his kids having trouble in English class, you know, just a little small talk here and there. And so I was, Oh yeah. We're like he, bartenders or hairstylists <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. No, I'm for sure. I know like I do all kinds of people, cops and I got uh, people who have relationship issues and some people, a lot of people who, who have had people who've died recently. Death is a common one. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, say that again. You know, you know, people who are dealing with, you know, people who've died in their life. Like I've, I've got someone who's floating right now whose father just died. Oh, dealing. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, dealing with, and, and they used to float here. So she's like, that's her therapy that she's floating in the same tank that mm. he floated in. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. that's really nice. Yeah. That, that, that connection that you have with people is rooted in, in consciousness exploration, right? Like self-care meditation, you know, transcendence, that that's a relationship that's, that's important and meaningful. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really meaning. That's a really beautiful thing. And so, you know, I, I was in a place in my life where I was ready to, to move on to the next thing. And I, and I had gotten my life coaching certification, um, a two years before I sold, I was just compelled. This is actually kind of a cool float story with why I became a life coach. I can, I can tell in a second, but I was ready to, for the next challenge. And so when I was, was talking to my manager one day, I was just like, Hey, you know, um, I'm thinking about selling the float centers, but I don't want to sell it to somebody that's just going to, who's it, you know, not to bastardize, not to, not to pick on gym owners, but like, I don't want to sell it to a gym owner. That's going to turn it into like, you know, super float and, and right. Right. Totally. Sell it up. <laughs> right. It, it, it's your baby, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was my first, my first babies. And I, you know, I was like, I know that you want to build your own and I don't want, I don't want to take that away from you, but you know, I, 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 I would love it if you, if you, if you wanted to buy these, I would love to sell these to you. 
And so he talked to a member that he had a really great rapport with that floated, you know, four days a week on his shift and they put the, they put the funds together and bought it from me completely. And so that was, um, that's actually two years ago this month. So I've been out of the float game for, for two years, but I, you know, I stuck around and did some like coaching and consulting and advising on the businesses and stuff like that. And I still, yeah, that's the thing. And, and, and I've been watching a lot of this, uh, from the internet and you've been one of those, there's a few people online that I feel are, that, that stick out more than others in the float community. And you're definitely one of them. Hmm. So, so it was, yeah, so it's nice to, well, you know, the thing is there's, you know, it's a lot of mom and pops and there's a few people that are doing, trying to franchise and, and some people actually have, and you were kind of doing that there and, you know, and you, and you did, and who knows how much bigger that could have got had you stuck with it. But, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes you just, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you were burnt out or it was just time for a, a different challenge or, and, you know, sometimes like I was a photographer for 10 years. It's just, hmm. I'm bored. I'm bored with that. I'm tired of trying to invent the wheel every weekend at the, at the weddings where it's a black uh, tuxedo on a white dress. I mean, I'm bored. You know what I mean? I don't know what happened yeah. with you, but it's just a time. Sometimes it's like, I'm just bored here. I, I'm over it. I, I got all I need out of this now. Uh, like for me, I still enjoy like access to being able to float every day. So now that you've, now that you, I'm, I'm sure you have like a golden ticket with these guys, but like, I do. Have, I do. I've, I've infinite floats. Nice. I've got, a, I've got an infinite, infinite, infinity float card that's laminated and has my name on it and the infinity sign. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote that into the, uh, into the sales contract that I get to float forever as much as I want. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. that, that you got to have that because that's, I, I, I know a lot of people, especially if we got in the same situation where uh, we bought it as floaters from the guy that owned it and just like you sold it to your guys that uh you know were hyped about it so yeah yeah it's just wow just so cool so has any of this rioting or how's the coronavirus in the how's the past five or six months affected that floats uh business and all that stuff going on there people were clamoring for it to be reopened you know i are you guys still closed no no okay Uh, Float, Float Seattle, all, all three locations open on July 1st. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, so they've been, they've been open and operational and um, profitable, um, like kind of right, right away, right after they, they, they open the doors again. Yeah, we had a bottleneck right there when they let us back open. Awesome, so awesome. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, looking at this, I look at the schedule, you know, I still, I still, I float, probably like once a week now, maybe a little less than that since I just recently moved, but there, there, there were people like really ready to, to pick it up again. And it's a testament to the service. It's a testament to the, the fortitude of the, of the business operations that, that Andrew and Dean are doing at, at the three locations now. So, so right after I sold the businesses, like six months later, another float center, that's in the same market that we didn't really even know about. Like they, they really, they literally did almost zero marketing, which it's a bummer for them, but like they really did zero. They thought that they were just going to get this organic demand and people just kind of knock their door down and it didn't, didn't happen. And so they sold their location to Andrew and Dean also. So then they have now, they, they had float Seattle, which was four tanks float Bellevue, which is four tanks. And now they have, Float, uh, so Float Seattle, Green Lake, Float Seattle, Bellevue, and now Float Seattle in Greenwood, and and they're all 
you know. So you, 20, you sold them the two. I sold them the two. Right. And then they then they turned around and bought a third that's one. That's cool. I, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, I'm just going to make a prediction here. And I may be part of that prediction. And not that we have the money to do it because we don't, because we're still struggling to get back on our feet with what we got going here. But I kind of see it where there might be people who may have the financial means to scoop up float centers here for uh, a good price and make their empire a little bit bigger, it seems, because I don't know. I think we talked about this prior to the show, but uh, I, I follow stuff online a lot still in the community. And there's a lot of places that uh, are in hard to reach locations or places that are still quasi shut down and they haven't been able to reopen or they've cut so much back that they've just decided to sell. And so it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think, in the next few months to see what happens with a floating and float centers because uh, a lot of places have struggled here locally. We get a lot of people calling and coming in from the other places that are on limited hours or they're closed because I think there's uh, basically there's two kinds of people that do float centers as owners. There's people who love floating. They have a lot of money. They can build a float center and they want to set it and forget it. And hopefully by the grace of God, maybe they have employees that can hold that space that's what kind of happened here initially and that but that's what kind of fell off because when we bought this place i remember i was still trying to float here towards the end it was kind of falling apart and the girl who was working here never even floated i'm like really you're going to be behind the desk trying to sell people <laughs> floating and you never floated before you don't even know what it's like and you're going to sit here and do this okay so yeah. yeah you can get the you can check the temperature there and find that it's not going to work out so yeah, it's, it's worked out. So here's the thing. We've talked and talked about floating. A lot of people that listen to this already know what floating's about. But for those people that don't know much about floating, we, we've only really talked about astral projecting. And that's really not something that's going to happen, I think, for a lot of people. So you've been in it for so long. You've devoted a huge portion of your life to floating. What, 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 what are some things that you can sell over, over the phone here to people that uh, why should they float? Like, What's so great about floating? Okay, cool. You asked or projected. What else? Like, <laughs> like, tell me what's so great about floating. Oh man. Well, it's it's you know it's easy to go into the profundities and and esoteric because we're talking about consciousness. You know, um, if you're interested in 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 the brain and the way that you think and you like daydreaming and you like spacing out, um, obviously it's your center of the bullseye the the physiological explanation for what happens when you float is scientifically backed proven tested and incredibly benefit for your, beneficial for your body like the 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 physical benefits alone to your back uh to your skin to your nervous system to your uh default mode network like the 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 physical justifications for floating that you get, the, the benefits that you receive are immense and you feel them right away. And so the, that is, that is undeniable. The, the fact that you get better recovery in a shorter period of time than sleeping in a float tank is enough reason to, to try it. And it's enough reason to continue to do it. The, all the other benefits aside from it makes your body feel good and heals your back, increases circulation, lubricates joints, uh, decompresses the spine, lowers, literally lowers cortisol and stress hormones, 
um, increases um, neuroplasticity. Um, Did you experience you, weight loss? Because it's one thing I, because I'm a, and it's uh, not something that a, a once in a blue moon floater is going to experience. But I think somebody who is consistent, this is something that me, my business partner, and a lot of people who are regular floaters have noticed. And it's one that it's like hard to sell. But, but have you experienced the weight loss benefits of floating? I've seen it. I've seen it a bunch. I, I haven't experienced it myself, but I've seen it a bunch. In fact, in 2014, the uh, ABC News Nightline uh, came to f- do a story on floating, on sensory deprivation. Uh, did you ever have you ever seen that video? I, I've seen so many. You'd, I don't know at this point. You'd have to remind so, me. So this was this was like the of the of the second wave of floating. This was like the first, uh, you know, national national feature type story mm-hmm. on floating that had happened. And so uh, it was on it was on Nightline, and they followed uh, this woman Ashley, who uh, so they interviewed me. They toured the center. The 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 guy who floats, uh, Mark something, he has a like incredible experience and i don't want to give it away because he taught he was really skeptical going in like he thought it was hooey and 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 unscientific and probably unreliable hippie shit yeah and he had a profound that he talks about it he has a profound experience that like leaves him weeping at the end of the at the end of the episode <laughs> uh, really cool so they they feature ashley and i actually still talk to ashley and she tells the story of how um, she, after her first float, she quit smoking cigarettes. She quit drinking. She quit hard drugs. She, uh, she lost a ton of weight and like totally changed her life. And she is still super duper happy, super healthy. Uh, so I, I know that that story just kind of stands out for me because Ashley, was looking for something yeah. that would help her change her life. It's nice to see uh, real hard stories like that. You can show people it's like, look, it really, I mean, I'm a personal example because I've, I'm devoted to it to the point where I'm, a, I'm an obsessed freak, but, and you, and you kind of did the same thing. You really went all the whole nine yards, right? You build a float center. So that's yeah. dedication and love and obsession. I think you, and that those are the places you want to go. Like the people who are there and haven't said it and trying to forget it, just trying to collect a check. Uh, now, so the next thing I want to know, any, any celebrities uh, come in there and go floating in your, in your time there when you were the owner? Any, yeah. Because I know you're in Seattle, so you're in a pretty big market. Yeah, lots of celebrities. Um, for a while, we were, doing, uh, we were doing a lot of floats with a bunch of uh, Seahawks uh, from the NFL. So we had um, Russell Wilson in there a lot. We had uh, former kicker Steve Hauschka in there a lot. Russell Okung was in there a lot. Um, Ciara was in there a lot. Um, we would have cool. to, like, yeah, we'd have to like, uh, um, we'd have to be discreet with with her because they would like come in through the back door because if if anybody saw them, yeah. you know, Russell and Ciara, they, you know, they would it would. It would fuck with their vibe you know um um but yeah we've had um you know a couple of couple of rockers come in um from from bands local bands in seattle i'm trying to think who else was like a, would be like a big name um i think bill nye floated in there once bill nye that's cool yeah he's a seattle guy um 
Who else? Who else? A bunch of not not like famous people, but a bunch of high up Microsoft people and a bunch of high up. Right, um, right, right. That's what I'd want to do here because I'm close to the space and I'd want to build one on the space coast and you know, uh, Elon Musk and NASA people, even though, I don't know, is, is the earth round, flat, is it is space real? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people don't think so, but uh, right. that's for another time. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so another thing, uh, lots of people in, because I'm open to it, that's my vibe. I attract a lot of people who want to do psychedelics in the tank. And I'm, it, it, my personal policy on it is, you know, if you want to go that far and you, you, you need some help, that's fine have somebody here to, to get you in and out of the tank just let me know ahead of time but you don't don't come here blasted if i know like i i know when you're on something and i'll confront people i'll say what are you on man i'll say yeah mushrooms? are you on mushrooms or or edibles i just want to know because at that point i'm fucking with them because <laughs> because they they because the thing is like i'm at this level of space with people where the mushrooms tell me that they're in the person it's like they're like telling me that's like it's okay you can fuck with this guy and so <laughs> nice yeah, but it, so the thing is, have you ever had any experiences where people come in and, you know, they've either gotten past your detection and they've gotten in the tank and had a bad situation? You know, have, have you any kind of interesting or weird stories, yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, lots. <laughs> well, I mean, being in Seattle, uh, there's, a, there's a much more relaxed sort of vibe around psychedelics than there is in Florida. That's true, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, and, you know, we were open to that and, and again, open to the roots of flotation therapy. Okay. So that's actually a good point because I know a lot of float centers, they kind of don't want that uh, energy and attention because, you know, there's a little bit of a risk and a liability issue with somebody having a bad trip or, you know, you just don't want to deal with somebody maybe going a number two in the tank because, you know, they, they took just a little bit too uh, much, too many mushrooms on a, on a bad uh, stomach. And I don't, I don't blame them, but uh, you know what I mean? So I I was curious if you guys were either for, against, or kind of neutral towards that kind of psychedelic energy, because I agree it's a part of the history. John Lilly was a big psychedelic guy. And uh, obviously we can't, uh, I don't put this out there and advertise it. And I don't charge people when I let them do that. They, they, once you go through that door, whatever's in your stomach, whatever's in your bag, Hey, you know what? That's on you. Uh, I, I know there's no judgment, but if you come out and there's problems, then you're not coming back. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good policy. And, and, and you're right. You know, you go in and shut a door anywhere in any business, you can do kind of anything. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really beyond your, beyond your control. We, we, you know, in the, in the very early days, we had lots of, lots of interesting folks coming through. Um, you know, there was, there was a timer to, you know, and, and also like people, this was back again, back in 2012 before the legalization of cannabis in Washington state. That's true. It's like a whole new mindset here too, because you got, uh, I'm on the medical card. I can basically go through an old Taco Bell and get the weed through the window. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So like, you know, people, it was, it was, it was loose. So we had, you know, people tipping, um, people tipping with buds and people tipping with weed. Like I would, um, I would pay my staff. Uh, they'd get unlimited coffee from the coffee shop around the corner. And then I had a, we had a guy, a couple of guys that would just, uh, that would just pay for floats with weed. So they would just bring in like just bags and bags and they were growers obviously. And they just like, Hey, here's, you know, there's 800 bucks worth of weed. Can I just float like seven times this month? And I was like, yeah, of course. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> you, you betcha. 
so it was it was around early and then you know you know i and i've done i've done I've done YouTube videos and have you know really deep conversations about cannabis and the float tank, uh, and 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 talked about other psychedelics. But yeah, there were stories where you know guys guys would leave and we'd walk in and there was like powder you know on the on the on the chair. We're like, what the hell is that? What what could it be? What sort of a maniac would do cocaine and jump in a float tank? You got to be you got to be real you got to be real turned inside out to be maybe to maybe be, they're snorting ketamine. Is that what can be? That's what we think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and that's a dangerous one. That's the one where you can turn over and die. That's yeah, the John, the, that's the John Lilly almost dying drug. Yes. Yep. That's, 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 that was, that's a scary one for sure. Um, th- that, that one I think of more than any of them uh, was the one that, that made me the most nervous but that we only saw that one time most, yeah. most of the time, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd smell people smoking weed in the, in the rooms and we'd ask them to like, Hey, can you not do that in there? Can you go outside please? Oh damn. Yeah. Those people are good. I've never had that happen. I've never had anybody. Now, I, I, I think I've had a guy come in just so baked on a, on a brownie and so red eyed when he came out and it was coming out of his pores that he smelled like weed. I'm like, damn, did this guy, <laughs> did this guy smoke in here? But I'm like, there's no way he smoked in here. Yeah, and, uh, he just he just smelled of it so bad. But damn, that's pretty brazen to come in there and just light a doobie up in the room. Yeah, I, I think that. The, yeah, I mean, again, like Seattle. That's true, though. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm in tight ass Florida. Yeah, it's it's much different. I mean, it's really really different. You know, Hempfest week was a big week for for you know uh, people coming in bleary eyed. Um, from kind of all over the country to come to Hempfest and float. You know, we did some like partnerships and stuff with them because we, we didn't, we didn't want to shy away from it. And then yeah. there's the, the, you know, the Rogan, the Rogan advocacy of, of taking an edible or smoking, smoking joints. And well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's the whole culture is just surrounded with psychedelics and, and marijuana and drugs and all that it's Lily and Rogan. It's uh, it just, I think they go together. They're like peanut butter and jelly. So it's, I understand float centers that don't want to host that or, or, or attract that energy. And, they, and a lot of them don't, uh, the, those spa vibe ones, those people come here and they come sure. here and they love it. Um, do you guys totally. offer, or when you, when you lit, when you were running it initially and maybe even now, do you guys offer overnight floats? They do now. Uh, it took us a long time to get there because I didn't want to do them. I didn't want to, I didn't want to sit, um, and keep open. Yeah. So it took a couple of years to get there, but they still do it now. Dude, they're doing really cool stuff now. So they're doing like all night tea ceremonies. Uh, Andrew, the owner, and another one of the employees are like becoming tea masters. And I don't know how much you know about like classic Chinese tea, but you can get pretty friggin' out of your mind, pretty lit up by different teas. You can have really deep, really psychedelic experiences just on tea. And so what they're doing now is they're hosting people, people are floating and then coming out and drinking tea and they're doing it like all night. You know, they'll start at 10 o'clock at night and then go and go until six in the morning, just staying up. Some Jeez, people are floating. Some pretty fucking yeah. good tea to be wanting to just drink it all night. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should see some of the shit. It's like some of this stuff is like bright blue, like indigo, you know, with it's, I've only, I've only done one of them but they're fun and and it's like that sense of community to be able to just come and like post up and like play some soft music and stuff 
uh, drink a bunch of tea, float, come back out, you know, float for an hour, come back out, drink some more tea. We used to do um, float journeys where one of my one of my early employees was a, is this like brilliant musician. Um, he's in a, a band called Yaima. It's him and another woman and um, very um, just beautiful. Like a, like very like plant spirit devas. Yeah. Very, very, very fungy, very, you know, just like beautiful classic Pacific Northwest um, trippy hippie music festival vibes folks. And Moss would host, ceremonies inside the float center and he would play i mean he'd have like drums and guitars and sitars and flutes and people would come and lay down in the lobby uh with a with a mindfold um, which is a concave blindfold so you can keep your eyes open and uh lay on a yoga mat and then have like a like a two and a half hour um concert inside the float center and people would float in the rooms with the doors open with pool noodles under their necks so that their ears were higher to the, to the, um, uh, the top of the water and, um, just like jam out for a couple hours, which was, those were freaking magical, dude. They were incredible. That's the thing. It's like, okay. And I, and I, I think about this all the time with what we're trying to do with floating, which is all the things you can add to the experience of floating, whether you can add music inside the tank, the tanks have their own speakers inside of them or what you just talked about, or have you run into the VR uh, headset uh, space thing yet? Have you seen I, that? I, is it out yet or are they still just talking about it? Well, he, he came by here last summer and we put one in the tank and uh, it was a prototype, but it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the last time I talked to him, he was selling them, but I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know if you guys were running them. That's why I asked. He, he, I don't know the guy. I just know that he's been promising it for like a year and a half. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew's like, yeah, someday we're going to do VR. We're going to do a trip around the planet in here. Right. Uh, you know, if we're going to do it, it's going to be great. But yeah, uh, haven't, haven't, haven't seen it yet. Very, very excited for it. You know, very. Well, that's um, the thing though, but, but, but my issue with that and my other, like the, I want to do like the the Ajna light or the Lucia light, right? Did you see the post sure. where the guy had like the, the Lucia oh, yeah. light just spin it over the tank? Those are great. It's cool stuff, but it's like the whole point of floating is sensory deprivation, no lights, no sounds. And so it's like, it's cool, but I want you to relax. I want you, right. you know what I mean? It's, it, it just makes that Lucia light experience better, but it's not floating. And no. It's not the true experience of floating. It's the same with the VR headset. You're wearing the VR headset and you're floating above the earth. At least that's the promised experience. But that's not what floating is. Where you're literally you're trying to get away from your phone, but you're jamming it as close to your face as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I really had to step back and think about that because, sure. and especially us living near the space coast here, you know, that's something we have a lot of people who are interested in space type experiences and i, I mean the, it's it's i mean yeah it's it's a novelty uh, you know and that and to your point you know doing vr doing guided sessions or linking up with tea or or even you know even complementary um amenities you know like you can get you can do cryo or infrared or well, I, think I love those things too but uh right uh, we got a yoga room here and i'd love to have an infrared sauna just, again one of those things where it's like i just want it for myself and then i'll let other people use it and make some money off of it but uh, right well, apparently it, it maths out you, take another look at it or, or call andrew well you know um, it's just one of those things where it's just so towel intensive 
and you know it's a lot of cleaning and keeping it sterile and i've seen those things go so gross at gyms that it's like ah, i don't know if i want to deal with that uh yeah well it, it, apparently it's it's uh as far as I know, it's already paid for itself. It paid for itself in like a couple months and, oh, um, nice. and people love it. So I'll look into that then. Yeah. I, I, I love the going in for saunas and I just love them for myself, but I love cryo. What I used to do was I'd go, you know, an hour is max 150 this infrared sauna. And then I get out and I do negative 270, 280, 300 for the three minutes. I love yeah. it. I'm, yeah. This place was so great. They'd give you it was like $10, $15, $20. I, I think it was like $20. You'd pay their membership fee, and then the cryo was like $10. The infrared sauna was like $10. Wow. I know. It was crazy. The place went out of business. I don't think they were obviously uh, financially managed too well. But, man, I milked, I milked the shit out of that, though. <laughs> didn't, didn't math out, I guess. No, but I'm like, well, because, you know, the cryo is usually like $60, $70 a session. So for like the membership yeah. cost in like three or four sessions, I've already paid for one. Right. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we looked into the math on cryo and, and the actual gas is like, it's like 16 cents for three minutes. Like, so the actual gas that you're paying for, the, the compressed That's hydrogen. I hear. I yeah, hear it's, it's like, cheap, but the initial outlay for the machine is where you right. know, just get destroyed. <laughs> right. Right, ten bucks a freeze, man. That that does not that does not seem sustainable to me. But hell yeah, is that what is that what it, is that what it breaks out to cost wise? I, I think yeah. When we were when we were looking at how many how how many this again this was like this was a long time ago before right. cryo is what it is now. It was like it was like twelve cents a session basically. So and you can get like you know eighty five sessions out of one tank and you can fill a tank for you know a hundred bucks so basically so, what you're saying is once you pay for the tank or the machine it's it's hand the money's coming in hand over fist once you get people in the machine yeah yeah so these people are actually charging way they're, they're charging way oh, yeah they're, they're charging so much to pay for their overhead cost oh yeah for sure for sure okay. actually yeah the, you, you could you could convert a um a walk-in meat locker and and pipe in compressed hydrogen and pay, you know, spend $400 for the build out and spend, yeah, 12 cents for the actual freeze material. Um, and yeah, the, the reason the, the, the charges for the, you know, the $60, $70 session, it's yeah, that's made, that's made up, bro. That's make believe. I just, I just love cryo and I wish it was cheaper and more accessible for people because the benefit yeah. is there, but it's like, man, I can't pay 40, 50, 60 bucks for three minutes. Like it, it, sometimes it's a hard sell on the float, which is an hour to 90 minutes. Uh, now your float centers, were, what were your options? We're running 60 and 90 and then obviously you can stack as much time as you want. You can do three hours, you can do eight, which is the overnight. Uh, well, I, I met another person, they're doing their float centers. They had five, five tanks and one person to do the, the, the turnaround. So they'd run them uh, 90 minute sessions and it would be two hour blocks, right? And if you didn't, if you wanted to float, you had to come in on that two hour block and catch those, one of those five tanks. And then, you know, every two hours, like a train coming around. So how would you guys run or how does it run over there? Is it just come as you go and do whatever you want? Like if it's open, you get it? No, it's always, it's always 60 minute float sessions. And it has been since the beginning. We, you know, I poured over the math for 
what felt like months to try to get it right. What was going to be the most sense for, for like for flow. And again, for, for feasibility, like, and six, so they're all 60, 60 minute sessions. If you, if there's nobody after you, you can float longer. That's the general rule. So if that's there's what nobody, I do too. I'm always yeah, giving more you have time to. if I can. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, don't forget to ask before you go in, Hey, if there's nobody after me, can I go in, can I go for an hour or, you know, you could go as long as two and a half if, if there's, if there's nobody after you. So always 60 and you could, if you wanted that Saturday morning at eight o'clock, you know, sort of prime float time and you wanted to float longer, you would, you should probably just book both, both sessions. And it was like 75% off to buy the second hour of the session. So it was like, you get a discount if you, if you wanted to stack them on top of each other. And then the overnight floats, I think are a flat rate. And they're eight hours. And I think they're, I think, I don't know if they're doing them currently, but they were doing them um, before, uh, before the pandemic. So the, 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 the math, the math, I think always just the advantage is for an hour block and you can easily run a float, a four float tank center with one person and still have time to like care for people and sell memberships. That's the uh, tricky with, part. We've that's the the okay. So I'm working here special because I've got a deal where I'm like taking a Steve Jobs type deal. I'm coming back to save this place for like a damn dollar a month. You know what I mean? I'm not making a lot of money <laughs> to do this. I'm doing it out of love, and I'm getting a place to live, and I'm serving the universe, and it's wonderful. But uh, it's really hard to get those certain amount of tanks right, get that business model right, uh, have enough people to run the desk, and also flip people and get them in the tanks, clean the room it's really hard to find that sweet spot of those employees versus I think that's, I think that's a challenge for most people in the beginning. Um, and how did you solve that? Uh, was it just like you, like me, like just living there basically 12 hours a day? Well, I mean, if, if you're a one man show or one woman show, then yeah, but you know, we, we hired, we, we have always, and I believe that they still do this. I mean, there's, there's two people that are still working there and they've been at float Seattle for five years, you know, a long time. And now they're probably making 18 bucks an hour, 19 bucks an hour. Um, you know, there's some rev share models where, you know, if the bottom line, you know, the employees get a cut of the net proceeds a percentage of the net proceeds. Like I've seen that model a couple of times, but it's all in systems. It's all in, is it easy? Is it easy to buy more? Is it easy to buy more floats? Is it, is it, incent, are they incentivized? If they had a good first float, are they incentivized to buy three more just to like really give it a go? So it's all about pricing and branding and how it's positioned and how it's presented before the float in a respectful way. Like if you love this and you want to do this again, or you feel like this was the start of something cool and you just wanted to make sure like we, we can, we can do that for you and it will be as affordable as, as what we can, we're going to make it affordable for you. Like we'll, we'll make it worth your while. If you love doing this, we've got, we've got different ways to make this affordable for you. And just like hearing that, telling that to people kind of puts them at ease. Like, okay, cool. I'm not going to get the hard sell. Um, I have, of course, like, of course they want me to float more. And if I really do have a cool experience, then I, I'll talk to them about it. I'll ask them about it. And then of course there's that moment right after a float where you don't want to be like, you know, you can't say, how was it? 
did you have a good float? You can't say that shit because that's that's what not what anybody wants to hear. That's what you I just say. Like, that's what I do say. You, no, you don't. Do you really? I say I wasn't. Do you? <laughs> do you? I say, hey man, how was that one? Or you like that shit, right? You know, whatever, what, what, whatever you know feels like coming out of my mouth. But a lot of times, sure. you have that energy of like, yeah, man, how was that, right? Like, fuck yeah, yeah. because I can see it on their face. Like, either they're stunned, or they're yeah, like, I can I can see their body's been flushed of like negative energy. They've dumped yeah. something heavy in the tank, and and they've emotionally, you know, they've shifted, and it's like, okay, I, you know, I can just uh, the the trick is really to do nothing, right? Don't even say anything because they let them have their space. And yeah. Fact, when, when we took over, I looked at the reviews of this place and I, I said, you know, we're going to do everything that they were, everybody was bitching and complaining about, about this place. And we're going to do the exact opposite. And one of those things they were doing was having the lobby always jammed up with people. And they were calling this place Zen. I said, no, this, mother, this fucking place is not Zen. Look at all these reviews. We got to make this place Zen. And so I like to have it now where it's like nobody there. You're in and out. If you want to spend time with me and talk, you've got a therapy session. That's the other thing. It's you're, you're basically a therapist at a float center. Now, you, now that you, you don't have to be. You can be the guy that doesn't sell anything, that doesn't care, or you're the guy that oversells. Uh, you know, I know if I'm going to build another place and do this, I have to find somebody just like me. Uh, yeah, you do. For you're sure. Really, super three, dedicated, three like, almost like a monk that just wants to serve and sit here and hold space because you get your employee that's making seven, eight, nine, ten dollars $10 an hour looking at their phone, not knowing if the, the towel's there, if it's clean. If the, if the person, you know, it, you know, holding space. So it's just, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. We're trying to figure out if, if I want to even keep doing it at a bigger level, build more of these things, what the future of the world looks like. Right. I guess we'll get into that. Cause I heard you say pandemic. I agree with you. Uh, I think we're, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that one, but before we go in that <laughs> direction, I want to uh, so kind of end up with the float stuff and, and finish off your story here. Uh, just a few more questions though. So, you're into psychedelics, right? Yeah. Now you had psychedelic experiences before you got into floating. Yeah. What's your experience with psychedelics? Is it a lot of experience or is it so are you? It's a uh, lot. Okay. So that being said, I'm sure you've taken those things and put them together, the floating and the psychedelics, right? So I guess my question is, what is your most epic experiences in the tank with psychedelics? And do you have any kind of recommendations for people who are, because oh, I know a lot of people are like, should I go sober? Should I go stone? Talking about marijuana. And then the next level stuff is people are going to try to take float, sneak in a little microdose in the tank, or, you know, I mean, like any tips for people uh, with floating and psychedelics? And, 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 and more importantly, I'm really excited to hear about experiences you've had with maybe um, trips, uh, mushrooms or acid, anything you've done in the float tank. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, this is this is the the Pollyanna uh, answer, but to be honest, the best float the best floats I've had have been fasted uh, after exercise, um, totally on the natch, like the most eye opening, the most fully aware the most restorative, the most contemplative, the most like illuminating experiences that I've, that I've had in the float tank have been totally natural. And just like, just like, you know, we, what's Dennis McKenna says, we are, you, we are drugs. Right. (laughs) We are composed of these things. We are, we are tryptamines. We are, um, uh, we are dimethyltryptamine. We, we, it is, it is us. We are spiritual beings. And this is, 
you know, this is maybe not the question you wanted to ask or, or that you wanted the answer to, but the spiritual practice in the float tank is much more meaningful to me than the psychedelic experiences. And, and I've, I haven't, I've tried, um, um, I've tried mushrooms. I've, I've tried, uh, kratom, um, different weed forms all over the map. Um, I never, I never did LSD, um, had some, had some, uh, other people that I know that did and liked it. Um, and really enjoyed it. I, that's kind of as far as it goes for me. And I've had these transcendent experiences that I, that I can talk about and share. However, the best floats I've ever had are floats where I am, I am in that state of total interconnectedness. Everything is beautiful. Everything is energy. I am all things at all time. I am fully integrated. I am seeing myself. I'm seeing into the future. I'm seeing into the past. I'm seeing my highest self. I am communing and collaborating with my spirit guides like that's a whole other thing that you pro- that you don't know about me is is the intuitive practice that i that i do that i integrate into my coaching is i have certain clear abilities that i've been cultivating for a very long time and a lot of that work has been done in the float tank to connect with my spirit guides to connect with ascended masters and with archangels and that work has been expedited and enhanced by my float experiences. Uh, you know, I'm glad you went that direction because as much as, you know, we can hoo-ha about psychedelics all, you know, all the time, but yeah, it's not a lot of time that I get with people in the metaphysical space of like, yeah, sin and masters and stuff like that, which is, I've had a lot of those experiences. And I will say, as much as I've had all kinds of wonderful experiences uh, uh, experimenting with psychedelics, the most profound ones I've had, I've had some profound ones on ass, I'm not gonna lie, and mushrooms, pretty interesting stuff. But uh, again, the spiritual stuff, uh, the deeper, deeper, just like you're saying, is has been basically sober. And I think sober, especially with weed, because with weed, you can have a spiritual experience, I think, sometimes, but you're not going to remember it. It's like when you, you smoke weed at night, you dream, but you don't remember it because you were stoned. Right. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so the sober, the sober floating, I tell people, go establish a baseline of what floating even is before you start mixing and matching all this stuff. Totally. But for sure, uh, like you say, for me, all the best stuff has been the, the clarity, the integration. Um, I will say though, microdosing, I do like microdosing in the floating yeah. because it's kind of that, that space between the two where you're not. You're okay. right. Yeah. I've had, I feel like I've had contact with entities the most on microdoses. I've ah. had more now, not now, not like the archangels and all that other stuff we're talking about, ascended masters. That's been in the in the in the sober space. But I feel like all the weird stuff, like you know, the entities giving me a five dimensional upgrade, mm-hmm. uh, was on a microdose of acid. I, I spent, beautiful. Well, was it? I don't know. Maybe they were the bad ones. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you ask them? Did you ask them? I didn't ask him. I just said, hey, I just let him drill in my head and put the fucking thing in. I don't know. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta ask him, hey, who the fuck are you? And what the fuck are you doing? That's what? true. That's true. Look, they, they can't lie. They, they, oh, that's true. They do have to reveal what they, they are. They gotta say it. Well, they can, they can not answer. Right. Okay, so, so here's a good story. So um, the 
the reason that I got into the reason that I got my life coaching certification was during around the time where I was starting to feel a little bit um, like I needed to have the next thing and do the next thing. Um, you know, I was, I was on my practice and, and here's, here's why. And it's, you know, this is not, a good segue too, because I was just about to ask, like, what was the, what, what, what where, where was this shift between I'm getting out of the floating I've done with floating and this other thing, has grown, I think probably has grown because of floating, right? Your intuitive abilities. And now I'm going to go and uh, spread my wings and and take a chance on whatever this new thing is. So yeah, tell me this, tell me the shift from Sean, the super float guy to to where, to, to where you're at now. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to leave, I, I, I don't want to leave the, the psychedelic conversation um, okay. completely, completely lost. I, I have had really beautiful, really beautiful experiences with, you know, three grams of mushrooms on an overnight float, like f- four grams of mushrooms overnight float. Um, really wonderful. I, and I, and, and I am thankful for those because they did reveal certain things um, about myself and the way that my mind works and the way that I, um, uh, the way that I see reality, you know, I benefited massively from that, that, that level of experience with, you know, golden teachers, you know, a one strain golden teachers, just, just, just the, just the nicest, most beautiful um, energy to to take in. Yeah. To, to be with, to be with, to be with you in that, in that still space. I've had a lot of takeaways and, and I, I, th- I really do think you got to go longer. You got to go, you, you got to go as you're beginning to peak and you want to give yourself like three, four, five, six hours to in there. You know, the, the longest, the longest I've done was nine and a half Damn. and that, and that was fasted. Um, so I didn't have to piss and so and sober and fasting. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's why you had the, you, you probably were having a spiritual experience outside of the tank. I was. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going through massive transformations. They, that's kind of where it started. It, 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 it has continued to increase and the teachers that I work with have helped hone, hone my abilities and, and understand what they are and what's going on. Um, but so what I so, feel is like, uh, maybe this is what's happened to me. I think this is what happens to everyone is like, maybe you entered the floating experience. This is you as the caterpillar. And then maybe the floating is you going into the cocoon. And now all that has been gained and it's in, the integration of all things prior as well. But the, the float center experience was like the cocoon. And now oh, yeah. you've come out as the butterfly, right? That's so that's, that's a feeling I get. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. That it does feel it does feel right. I did build that cocoon. You know, I did. I did right for sure. Next, I did crawl next level. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did stay in there for a while, and I did learn a lot of things. And I and I and I did transform. And the so so, uh, you know, I I've developed this practice. You know, understanding my who my guides are, what they are, what their roles are, you know, what their names are. You know, and, and it's and it's been a practice that I've been really focused on for a long time it, it it's parallel it's parallel to the astral projection it's parallel to the personal growth of me as a father and as a as a podcast host and as a as now a coach um you know i've been doing it for years but so one day as i'm like really really on my game like clear clear-eyed fasted strong meditated rested focused in the tank and 
my intention, you know, I have, I have a little, you know, routine that I do. So I'll shower and in the shower, I'll say it out loud, I'm floating today for, and then I'll say it, you know, say my intention. And I'll say that three times out loud while I'm in the shower, getting washed over by negative ions and like preparing my body and my brain and my soul for, for this experience. And then I just sort of let it go once I get in there. And so I said that day, um, today I'm floating for, um, what comes next today? I'm floating for what comes next today. I'm floating for what comes next. So I get in the tank and then I say it again, like what's next for me. And then I just sort of slip into theta state, you know, just like ease into the sort of meditative state of, of, of consciousness that, that I think really constant, you know, really consistent floaters know when they kind of yeah, like get zone. in there. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. And, and, and sometimes you don't know you're there until you come out of it, but you know, I could feel myself sort of, sort of slipping in. And then I said it again, like, what's, uh, what's next for me. And then I hear a voice that says, and it was so fucking weird. It was, uh, it was this like funny accent. It was this like, okay. New York sort of Brooklyn accent says, uh, you'll find out tomorrow. And I go, Oh, that's fucking new. Like <laughs> I've never been told that I've never, I've never downloaded that or, or intuited that. Uh, and I, and I didn't, I knew not, I know not to question it. I just receive it and not judge it. And so I'm like sitting with it and I'm like, as I'm sitting with it, I hear it again. You'll find out tomorrow. What in the fuck? Okay, cool. All right. Well, I, I got what I came here for. You know, music came on and I get out of the tank and then I, I just sort of like, you know, chalk it up to another interesting experience in a float tank, you know, kind of like let it recede into the back of my mind. And then the next day, um, uh, I get, uh, I get a text message from my sister-in-law and she sends this, this like link to this training. She's like, Hey, I'm going to go to, uh, Mexico just one thought of you I'm going to Mexico in two months to get my yoga teacher training and life coach certification down in uh, Mexico and I was like oh and at that point I didn't, I didn't even know what a life coach was he was like well that sounds kind of cool like I bet I, I bet I could do that uh, you know I don't need a yoga certification but that that does sound interesting and because you at a working at a float center <laughs> uh, tend to try to help people as much as you can work through things, think through things, talk through things. Right. See, that was the thing. I already thought you were a life coach and then you just got into floating. I didn't realize it was the other way around. Yeah. Other way around, other way around and being in a float center, you know how to talk with people. You, you, without manipulating them, without like steering their course, you can, you can help facilitate, you can sit for them, you know, in a, in a real way, you know, sort of correlated to a psychedelic experience. You just like create space for them to be whatever they need to be in that moment. You know, you've got your protections up. Hopefully you're doing things to like manage your energy so that you don't like take on what they have, but then you just sort of like let them. So, so I was like, well, that's cool. That's, I text her back. Wow. That's really interesting. And then like, I get a call from a friend that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. And he's like, Hey dude, like I'm in New York and I got all this cool shit going on. And, um, just was, I was thinking about you and I was like, dude, I'm talking a really long time. The last time we talked, you were, you were like really struggling. Like you're, you know, overweight and, you know, alcoholic and had bad relationships. Like what shifted for you? And he's like, I found a life coach. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I found a life coach. I was like, Oh, okay. Fucking A. <laughs> Tell me about it. 
So he tells me about it. And then later that day, no shit. My wife's on the phone with one of her friends and she's takes gets off the phone. Um, she's a coworker and she's like, Hey, Anna's like, Anna just got a promotion. She's uh, she's coming back to school to get her master's. Like she's crushing it right now. And I was like, Oh, good for her. Like she's going back to school. She's got two kids and like, what's gotten into her. And she's like, well, she's got a life coach now. And I was like, fucking a shut up. Uh, all right. All right. Universe. That's it. That's what's next. Uh, that's the thing. I cannot, cannot deny that now. So I went online and found um, there, there's a, there's like a really prestigious, really awesome life coach certification training in Seattle. I signed up, I got certified and then, um, and then launched, launched my coaching business and that picked up a lot of steam. And then I got asked to, uh, to take over a podcast that I had been listening to for years called the optimal performance podcast. And they wow. said, hey, Sean, yeah, yeah. So that the, I took over, uh, this like really like classic biohacking personal performance optimization podcast with like legends and fitness and nutrition. Um, and they're like, will you do it? You know, we'll pay you, we'll pay you to do it. And I was like, you know, I've never done this before. They're damn, like, yeah. bro, you got like one of these fucking classic stories of like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, let me get on one of these stories. I feel like my yeah. life is gravy and, 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 you know, cherries on top constantly, but it's like, I hear those people's lives. I'm like, damn, that shit just slides out. I, I'm like, damn, let me get on some of that. Like you, it sounds like you got one of those like Wayne Dyer type, you know what I mean? Like, damn, yeah. like you're like, you're sitting down about to write a book or something next. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it, 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 it's not far from the truth, man. Like I, I'm developing online courses. I've, I've done, you know, I've, I've done, I've, I've hosted 128 of, of, uh, of, of the optimal performance podcast, which is five stars and over a million downloads. Um, it's a really popular biohacking podcast. And like who are the, who are the most famous people or who are the people that you have been most excited to interview? Bruce Lipton, top of the list. Bruce Lipton. Do you know much about Bruce Lipton? Uh, I think I do, but I don't want to sound stupid. So why don't, yeah. you, why don't you re-enlighten me? The biology of belief. Um, he is like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Ah, like right, right, right. Okay. Energy science. Energy science. Like healing your body through your own conscious. Like reprogramming your subconscious mind. Like creating heaven on earth. Like he's been on every cool fucking Gaia, you know, television oh, special. Oh, yeah. Okay. You've, you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, huge, huge names like, you know, Mark Sisson, who's like a nutrition expert, um, Rob Wolf, the founder of the paleo movement. Yeah, I've heard of him. Um, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I know Bruce Lipton. I looked his picture up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. You know, well, so, yeah. So, yeah, you, you float, you come out of your cocoon. You, so, you get out of the business. Uh you get offered the podcast and then you, are you take? have you completed the school at this time for the life coach? You're already the life coach at this point or no? Current, currently today? No, I mean at the time that you're doing this podcast, that you're getting offered the podcast. Oh, I had been coaching for um, a year or so. Yeah. Okay, I wow. st- yeah. I started, I started right away. So I had, you know, got my, got my certification, but the, I knew the fundamentals of, of running a business and branding and stuff like that set up a, a website that just was the perfect, I just did it perfectly. I, I just knocked it out of the park with the, the SEO, the online optimization stuff, the organic search stuff. And so, you know, at that point I had a nice little side income from coaching 
And then they, they came to me and said, Hey, we really want you to host, host the optimal performance podcast, take over from Ryan at episode 153. And I'm like, fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> pile it on oh by the way let's make some babies too so i had my son like, also, i was about to say yeah you've got uh, a podcast you're a life coach and you've got a family yeah That's quite a handful so are you still doing a lot of clients with your um coaching business i am yeah it's actually increasing a lot right now um so let me ask you this yeah. as a yeah as a as a coach that does that what what is the, I guess, the primary thing that you run into the most that I guess people are doing wrong or they're coming to you for help for that? Like, what, what, what are some advice that you can give to people like as a life coach that you're seeing uh, a lot with some of your clients? The first thing, most important, the most important thing is to figure out how to deal with fear. The number one thing that when you, when you can figure out what to do with fear, to change it, to work with it, to understand it, to understand how it impacts your life. If you can get your, get your arms around it, it will change the rest of your life. It, you will be forever changed if you have a plan to deal with your fear. It is. How do you deal with your fear though? I mean, that's really yeah. easy to say, but. Well, got some ideas. You can imagine. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. I, I say I'm not afraid of things because I, in a way, have experienced the truth of what reality is. And, and there's nothing for me to be afraid of. Yeah. Ha ha having come from that experience. Right. But you can't, I can say that I can give you 10 million books. That'll say that same thing, but that's one of those things you have to experience. So yeah. outside of giving someone the experience of knowing that they're the center of their own universe, which they have to kind of get there on their own. How do you, yeah. How do you help someone get through fear? There, there are, there are lots of ways. And the, the most, the most effective way that I have found employs a neuro-linguistic programming technique. Are you familiar with NLP? Yes. Yeah. Do you use it or like, can you notice it when people do it? I try to, yes. I'm, yeah. I, I'm very conscious of, that's one thing I'll say about floating in general, body consciousness in terms of my internal stuff going on that I can feel. I'm like, okay, I'm much more connected to that. And yeah, mm -hmm. much more the, the subtleties of what I'm saying and doing and also what other people are saying and doing. More synchronicity in my life, the more I float. It's just, yeah. you know, one of those byproducts of stillness and peace. Beautiful. Well said. Oh, well said. Yeah, that that the the scientists are calling that internal state of awareness interoception. Oh, nice. Yeah, interoception is to like understand what's going on inside of your body and your brain, and uh, being able to feel it and know and be conscious of it. You know, uh, I just got done doing a podcast about a continuous glucose monitor. This like really fascinating new innovative technology that will. You put this thing, you patch on your arm and it sends a signal to your phone that's like measures your glucose, usually reserved for diabetics. Um, and now you can get it to like fix your metabolism, like understand your metabolism and what, what sort of foods you should or shouldn't eat. And this woman, this, um, this really, really accomplished um, young doctor who's the founder of this company, she, she was explaining the, the ins and outs of interoception. And guess what? The more you float, the more aware of your body you are, the more aware of your brain you are, the more that you increase your ability to understand what your brain is doing and what your body's doing. Like, am I hungry? I guess I'm not hungry. Oh, I feel fear right now. Okay. Um, I feel like agitated. Well, why do I feel agitated? What, what do I need to do with that? Like breathe. Okay, cool. I'll breathe. All right. I feel better. <laughs> 
that interoception is at the heart of anybody making change in their life to be aware of themselves. And um, I'm saying that to you, but you already know that. But the, the thing with dealing with fear is um, we think that little shit is saber toothed tigers trying to eat us. We right. believe that uh, an email coming into our inbox is mountains um, out of molehills. Exactly. Exactly. And furthermore, when we are now priming our system and priming our mind through just screens, flat out screens and media, um, we're priming this, this ability to stay in a hyper escalated state. Uh, and the, and then we never really recover from it. We, right. We, yeah. We're always, right? just, we're always clocking the thing at red, always on the red line all day long. And that, that's why I say people to people, I'm like, look, floating is like God's little gift here of grace. That uh, it's like, a, it's like a, a self-driving car is for the people that are now can't stop le- looking at their phones. It's like God had to give yeah. us self-driving cars to, to balance out the fact that we're not even going to look at the road anymore. And yeah. so what, what floating is, I say, it's like, it's this giant counterbalance to the hyperspeed that, we, you know, and it's yeah. exponentially growing at every day with the, the, the demand of your, uh, your neurological system and your focus and uh, all the things that are, you know, nickel and diming your, your processing power of the mind. Uh, and another thing I say about floating is you get in there and you can see all the windows of your mind that you've opened up maybe 10 years ago, programs you're running that you no longer need or, mm. or false programs that you've taken on, uh, other people's belief systems that are garbage. And you can get in there and close them because you, rec- yeah. you, you, you can recognize that they're running. Uh, it's just bullshit. That's uh, just subconscious things that are just in the back of your mind running. Right. That, that, and that constant state of, of in, uh, sympathetic, right? right. So sy- sympathetic is I'm just, I am sympathetic to everything that's going on around me. You know, I, I, I am responding. I am. I mean, if you think about the, the etymology of the words par- of, uh, of um, sympathetic nerve, the nervous system, it's like, I'm affected by everything. Everything is getting to me. And most people aren't getting actual restorative sleep. They're not, they're not actually That's true getting too. Yeah. that recovery. Right. So this goes into like the biohacking world, blue blocking glasses and eating in a window and um, sleeping in a Faraday cage, sleeping in a Faraday cage. Oh man. I just, yeah. <laughs> Do you have one? I would. No, I'm, I'm living in the float center. So in a, in a way, the float center in itself, it's got a tin roof and the metal metal wall. So I'm, 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 I'm protected. I've got a giant uh, tinfoil hat called this building on my head. The government, Beautiful. the CIA can't zap me with their guns in this building. They haven't done oh, it. They don't. <laughs> the tinfoil hat is real. The, the, the directed energy weapons won't fuck with you because you're, you're, you're in a float tank center with a tinfoil hat on. Well, well the, the roof is made out of like metal and tin. So uh, that's just my theory that I'm in a giant awesome. Faraday cage. But yeah, if I could sleep in a giant Faraday cage, I would. Yeah, (laughs) there's the, you know, at least just turning off your Wi-Fi will fucking help, you know, like. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, nobody can sleep at night. You got all these devices blinking and you got Wi-Fi signals and, and uh, totally people leaving the TV on at night for white noise and just, (sighs) yeah, the the, the, the lights still going and uh, I'm guilty myself of just getting stoned out of my mind and passing out with the uh, the TV going, the Netflix has, paw- has stopped, and I've got yeah. the bowl of empty, I take a sleeve of uh, 
uh, chips away cookies, dump them in a bowl, and, and it, that, that shit is gone. I'm pregnant with chocolate chip cookie babies. So I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sort of, that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, like bad and, lifestyle. We just, we just got a bad lifestyle. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, it could and, be worse. I'm, I'm saying people and no, I'm not saying me. I'm just saying the, 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 the yeah. modern person is our bodies right. are not built for this accelerated cost of, or, or pace that we're living at. I, I heard this, this cool sort of animal corollary where, you know, we, we, if a deer is, is walking do 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 like, and, um, uh, a bear comes out of the woods and tries to attack it and all the other deer run off and the bear takes off and, uh, this, this deer is left to itself again. You know, it's, it just, it just barely missed to death and, um, very easily could have just been eat, eaten by this bear in a moment. Uh, and then, Two minutes later, it's just like walked 10 feet and then started to put its head down to eat some more grass. And suddenly, like that fear is gone. Like that, that stress, that, that recovery, they get back to immediately. Like they can bring down their levels. It's just a, an evolutionary adaptation. You can't fucking walk around being freaked out all the time. It just, it's, a, it's not sustainable. It will wreck you. It will, it will cause oh, yeah. illness and cancers and, uh, it will fry your adrenal systems. That's what I'm saying. Oh, the, oh that's a, oh, another good point. I hate to keep interrupting, but it's like no, you're after point that I can bring with the float tank in and with the amount of marijuana I smoke or the people that I see exactly with the adrenal damage. And it's another thing with post LSD. You're not, I don't think you're big on amphetamine type psychedelics with what you said. I don't think you've done MDMA or at least you didn't say. Yeah. So these not, not in the tank. Well, these, these kind of things just wreck your uh, adrenal system. And, you know, yeah. I had a guy come in and say, he's like, bro, he's like, you need to start eating straight up adrenal glands. He's like, if you're going to keep smoking this much weed. And, and, but the thing was, the point is the tank is restorative. I would get, I'd smoke till, you know, 8 a.m. till about noon. And I would be completely blown out. Put me, put me down, put me to bed. I'm done. But I'd get in the tank at noon. There'd be no floater. I did 20 minutes. That's all I need. But you know, sometimes I do an hour completely restored. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd start smoking more weed, of course, but if I wanted to, I was sober. Um, it, you know, I, another story of completely brain damaged one night from too much MDMA came in. I could barely tell the guy, I'm like, bro, I could barely speak. Uh, and he put me, put me in the tank. My brain, like it was like a Rubik's cube. It was all screwed up. And then all the colors were in the same, <laughs> you know, in the right spots. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, that, that, that it's, it's, <clears throat> you can't, you can't overstate it. I mean, it, 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 it allows, it allows your systems to go back. It allows it, yeah, that's you. Yeah. Yeah. That's you as the deer going back to like, okay, I'm just going to recover and just go back to eating grass over here and just kind of do my thing. And we don't, we don't have tools for that. Like we, as we modern humans, this has happened so goddamn fast. We can't keep up with the, with the balance to the inundation of advertisements and blue screens and um, Twitter alerts and you know fucking pandemics, like we we are we are blasted by it all day every day. So it's it makes sense that we're fearful because we're that's that's the that's what the business model is is uh, right. uh, counting on us being afraid of each other, of ourselves now, right. of our own immune systems. And because that sells. And so 
the, 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 the most effective tool that I have ever found that I use with damn near all, every single one of my clients is called the stop method. And the stop method is a neuro-linguistic programming tool that you do to yourself to literally reprogram that fear. You can literally get rid of that fear and replace it with something more beneficial, a different emotion that's productive. And it uses a classic pattern interrupt. And the, cla- the pat- pattern interrupt literally involves youth going, it's, it's a four-step process. And I've done, if, if, if people are interested in this, you can go to stopmethod.com. And, and I, I, I built this like a long time ago to help like my clients. Um, oh, this is your website. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, and I was on the news. That's a picture of me on the morning news here locally in Seattle talking about it. Um, it, it's a four step process where you go to that negative emotion. You actually go to that state of fear. You allow yourself and your consciousness to go into that state of fear. And then you say, stop, you stand up and you say, stop, which interrupts that pattern. That's that keeps fucking with you. And then you will have practiced days prior bringing in this positive emotion that you prefer this thing that you, maybe it's gratitude, maybe it's love, maybe it's um, pride to, to reprogram that negative emotion for this positive one. And then you do some sort of physical movement to celebrate, to teach your central nervous system. And this is where it it gets locks in. Like you can do a dance, you can do a fist pump, you can do a jumping jack, you can do pushups, you can do a do the friggin' Macarena if you want, but to tell your central nervous system, like, Oh, I prefer this more. I'm going to, I'm going to feel this instead. What it does over the course of about a week and a half, if you do that repeatedly and you do it in a specific way, you will literally notice that you are not, it's hard to feel that fear. You, you are programming, reprogramming your subconscious mind out of that state of fear it's fucking incredible. And it, I, it's worked for guys that have been divorced from their wives and ugly custody battles, like get over hating their wives. It's been, you know, people who have gone through law lawsuits. Oh, okay, just, good. Well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll use this on yeah. exes. I still hate. So uh, the, good. Uh, <laughs> go. I got something, I got something out of this tonight. Very good. I <laughs> good. Go look at your methodology and sit with it and uh, reinforce it with some happy stuff. And there you uh, go. Good. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So I'm into all sorts of that shit and I have been for a long time and it, it's been, it, it works. All of these things work together for me, right? The biohacking podcast, blue blocking glasses, float tanks, personal development. So you're big on that. You're big on the, the, the blue, the, the screen stuff. You're big on that. Oh man. It's a game changer. It, it it's. How it, so? It, how, what is it? Oh, how, how is it noticeable? I get it. Okay. You're protecting your eyes from the dan- the danger of the blue, the blue light, the, the screens and all that. I get that. But how do you, how do you feel it? Do you notice it? Is it a noticeable difference? It is immediate. For, for me, it was immediately noticeable. You can, you can get a prescription too. Um, I'm going to hook you up. Do you have a, do you have a specific, well, yeah, for people, yeah. thank you. Do, do you have a specific uh, brand that you like that you yeah. have a shout out to? Or they, they, they sponsor, they sponsor my podcast. They're called blue blockers or they're called blue blocks. So if you go to B L U B L O X.com, um, the frames are sweet. I mean, they're really, they're actually kind of, they're really cool looking. Are you um, into Dr. Jack Cruz? Yes, I am. Okay. Cause see, I know he's a big uh, proponent of that. That's his yep. big thing. Yeah. 
I've done I've done probably six episodes on blue blocking, like circadian rhythm, circadian health, and blocking blue. So what happens is the blue in the screens tells your tells your pineal gland, uh, don't make any melatonin, don't get ready for bed. It's daytime. So when you're looking at screens after the sun goes down, your brain thinks it's daytime. Yeah. And so you stay awake and you keep watching shit and everybody does, you know, and what the blue blocking glasses do, what these blue blocks do is they, they filter out 400 to 550 nanometers wavelength, which is all the harmful blue and green light that goes into your eye and tells your pineal gland, don't produce any melatonin. Uh, it's daytime. It's not time to go to sleep yet. And so when you block that, you actually start to feel tired at a reasonable, at a reasonable time. Like your sleep drive is the way that they refer to it. Your sleep drive increase increases. So then, you know, 10 o'clock at night, 11, 12 o'clock, it's like, oh, my body actually feels tired. And then because you've, you, because you have already begun to create melatonin, it, it's already in your bloodstream and your body already says, okay, cool. So then you actually get deeper, more restorative sleep. That's like that. I'm telling you the, the day, the day after I wore the blue blockers for, for the first time, um, I felt like I had slept, hadn't slept that good in years. It was incredible. They're yeah. insane. All right, cool. I'm sold. Cause I'm a big screen guy with all this shit I look at. Yeah. Here, cool. Here's where, here's where we're going to flush all your credibility down the toilet. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about pandemic and coronavirus and all the bullshit we've been dealing with the past, I don't know, five months now. How's it been? I know, I think we share similar viewpoints. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on, look, I, I get it. I want to help people and things be clean and safe, but enough is enough. There's a certain point where it just becomes ridiculous and you don't need it. And, uh, I'm a big believer in it's kind of a statistical hoax and it's not, you know, it's, we're being sold something that it's not true for reasons that are not, you know, health reasons. I don't know where you stand on all those things. I know you're not big on the mask like me, you know, uh, where do you stand actually? We're, we're aligned. We're aligned. Definitely. Yeah. This is, this is at worst or at best, at best it is a, a colossal fuck up turned um, opportunistic ruse to pad the to pad the pockets of the ultra wealthy at, at a minimum, uh, right? Right, and at a maximum, at a maximum, this is a totally and fully calculated perpetration on the consciousness of the entire planet to thrust forth an agenda of depopulation. All right. Well, there you go. We do. We are pretty aligned. It's yeah. just such a, you know, it's such a big thing. And it's like, it's, I believe it's very true. Uh, when you do enough floating and spiritual work and yeah, that's the thing. Like I want to get your take on it then from this, the, 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 the perspective of someone who is in contact with beings or mm -hmm. ascended masters. Cause I'm not, I, I don't claim that space as much as I've had interesting experiences with, entities and things that have claimed to be certain things uh that's not my space really mm -hmm. but i'm always interested in talking to people like you who uh you know have intuitive abilities that allow you to communicate with things that are outside our normal domain yeah so tell me about that it's like how do you 
how did this start happening for you and how are you using it now? And uh, I guess, yeah, just tell me the whole thing because I'm really interested in your intuitive abilities and I guess how you would even want to explain that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they, they do and can and will tie together. Um, you know, the, the, my, my experience with spirit guides goes back to my childhood where I would have a recurring dream that it featured the same, like, uh, guy who would save me from, um, I don't know how old you are, but <clears throat> I grew up on He-Man. And, uh, and, and the villain in the cartoon series He-Man um, was Skeletor and he was this like fucking jacked buff like bodybuilder guy with a skeleton head and he was like just like this the the ultimate like Saturnic uh like dark yeah <laughs> dark the embodiment Lord. of exact exactly yeah so uh I would have this nightmare where I would be trapped in the room with with uh um I was I would go I, I was actually going to a church with he-man and the gang and then they would make it out and then i would be stuck in there with skeletor and all his villains and um at the very last moment um this guy would like show up next to me and then like point me to the door and then this door that was previously unlocked is unlocked and like whisks me away so i'd have this dream really frequently and then it grew into having the benefit really of, of, of having the meditation at 12 um of having like sort of precognitive experiences in meditation. So like I, I knew I was going to have a boy and a girl when I was like 14. Like I knew I was going to have kids. I knew that it was, I was going to have a boy and a girl because I would see it <clears throat> and I would experience it and I would see it in like, um, like little snapshots. Um, almost like, oh, <laughs> I'd never really have really actually ever thought about it like this before, which is kind of fucking trippy, but I would think of it, it was almost like a selfie. It was like me and my kids on the ground, on our chests, looking at the camp, looking at the phone and then taking a picture and mm-hmm. having like a selfie with one, my boy on my left and my girl on my right. Um, my kids are seven, four. So, um, it's, it's weird. I never thought about that because obviously that was before cell phones. Um, so as I, as I, as I began to, to have these experiences of, you know, in, in dream states and having experiences in meditative states, you know, I was, I was naturally interested in, in altered states of consciousness. And, and I've always been like, really, really, like I could understand people really quickly. And like, I would be able to figure somebody out in a, in a minute and know what they're going through and know what's going on for them. And, um, and it helped me make friends and help me be, you know, popular in school and, and successful with girls. And like it, it, it aided me because I could, I could, I knew what people were going through. And so as I continued to, to develop my meditation practice and this, well, that's like, good though. you know, a lot, a lot of times yeah. it overwhelms people when they can, they're too empathetic and they're too intuitive and they can, yeah. and they don't know how, what they're feeling. And they think that the trash that they're feeling is their stuff, but it's really everybody else around them. Right. So that's cool that you were able to navigate that and use it to your advantage. Well, I mean, it, there are increasing numbers of highly, highly sensitive humans on the planet. You well, know? for sure. And that's why I want to get right? that float tank out there because I feel like it can, the people, yes. I feel like people who float, people like me and you for perhaps right on the edge, maybe, or you already there, but I was right on the razor's edge and it just took me right over, you know, yeah. and, and it, or it took whatever you had going and it, it able to magnify and bazooka your, your abilities at the next level for sure. Yeah. And, and because you and I incarnated into this time, this, into this time, this time, 
we are here with purpose and mission that is that whether we're you know crystal children i, I i'm not uh, i've asked um my my spiritual crew and i'm i'm not but i am a highly intentional um incarnate being that's been here many 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 times before well what's uh, what's a crystal uh what would what, what are you not then so you know so crystal so crystal children are um are from a certain um uh part of a certain plan of of incarnate beings that that all came together in in a, like, in a soul like, community like indigo or, or different? exactly yeah exactly like indigo children so it was indigo crystal and now there's rainbow children so you're probably indigo uh, then i i don't know i might i might be I, that's I, what i, I am yeah yeah of course <laughs> of course yeah and and you feel you feel drawn to help change to help move to help you know be present for people uh and you're in just in the right spot that you should be uh so the 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 abilities the intuitive abilities that we have the sensitivities that we have you know you you are and allow me to pay you a compliment. You are one of the most, um, you're one of the most nuanced um, artists I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, oh, wow. That's like the biggest compliment. Cause those are the kind of things I secretly put into the recipe that I don't know if people understand or paying attention to, but it doesn't matter. Cause I'm like jerking myself off. It's like, I don't care if somebody gets it. I'm like, wow, that person really, they get it. It's cool. Like for whatever reason, they're on that level or they understand it. And that's cool. They get the joke. But this, sometimes there's like five layers of shit I put in there and I'm like, wow, yeah. somebody got that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a reason why, you know, there's a reason why you're as well loved as you are. And the, the reason that, you know, I remember, I think I found, I I've first started, I think I first followed your Instagram um, when you had like 5,000 followers. Um, and, and, and that, that level, you, like your, your canvas, your superpower, your part of your mission and purpose, um, is this beautiful, like digital and in-person physical experience that you're able to cultivate for people. And I, I, I get it. I totally oh, you get do. It. I was about to say, you really do get it. Cause it's, yeah. uh, I don't even aim for that. It's just kind of grown into what it is. And it's, you know, like every great thing I realize there's a bit of, if you can step back and let it be organic or as Bob Ross would say, let the happy accidents happen, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's really, that's when the magic happens. It's this interplay between, yeah, you think you're doing something, but really God's doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's working through you and she's working through you. And, and that is what we're here to do is to get closer to that and be aware of that and, and make good on that. Be the most, be the most we that we can be every moment of every day and you know these abilities so i have claire sentience and claire cognizance so i know things uh, i can sense things and then i can know things basically so i i get um sort of direct downloads about what people are going through um who they are what their intentions are the things that they're struggling with i get i get a sense of it and then i know it and like I mentioned before, like it's, it was an ability, it was, it was a, you know, made me affable and popular in, in school. And 
you know, use it to my advantage, you know, as an ASB president and, you know, student body president and captain of the soccer team and nice, nice, fun guy. And, you know, I stayed out of trouble and. Well, you're like, you're like a mother's dream son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask my mom. She'll tell right. you. Yeah. She'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've been very, I mean, I've been with my, I've been with my wife since we were 15. I've, wow. I've, run, yeah. I've had one, one sexual partner my entire life. Wow. Well, you are divinity, my friend. Wow. Like <laughs> if you were, I mean, if you didn't have sex, I'd question that, but just having one, I believe it. Uh, yeah. Wow. You're the real deal. That, that's cool. The thing is I always got a real vibe from you, a clean, good vibe. And uh, you were sitting in a, in a your level of your own truth. Uh, that was really nice. And you were, yeah. Like you, the thing is I, like, judge people by the fruits right and you you were a success with your float center and i see people who want to get into floating and their fruits aren't there and they're like okay well you look at the people and you know I'm not trying to judge people but you can see sometimes it's very obvious where they're you know missing the mark they're just not there uh spiritually to do that kind of work or it's just not their karma to own that kind of a business and to do those kind of things because you know you're you're opening people up and it's a uh, mm. very special work I, I i it's a sacred duty um it is it is and, and it, it is rewarding it, it is a sacred duty that that is self-affirming because the work that you do for others is the work you're also doing for yourself and your karma the, the you're making good on your soul contract and well that's why it's such a perfect job for me and i can kind of right. get why if you're at the level you're at it's like why well, you maybe even have to get out of there because yeah man doing doing this for 12 hours a day and and uh, you know taking people's energetic laundry and, and trash out all day long is tough and you know i'm single and don't have any kids and i'm living here and just you know doing what i'm doing and i can you know, i couldn't imagine doing this having a real life and having to go home to a situation where there was kids or a, a, a steady relationship since 15 it's so obviously that was there yeah so yeah you know doing I, it alone and having this as a like a monk here it's it's one it's one thing uh, doing it your way, I couldn't even imagine. So I can't help. I'm sorry, but I can't help but like hear some of that through the lens of a life coach. And you did not ask for this, but um, can I can I can I gently probe uh, yeah. a little bit of what you just said? So what one one of the things that you that you said, which you I get it. You know, you didn't mean anything by it, but you said a real life. You mentioned that you could not do this if you lived a real life, or or, or you didn't say normal. You didn't say typical, you said real. And it's interesting that you use that term because um, that indicates at least subliminally or subconsciously something, some, some, something. If, if, and, and we don't have to make this into a coaching session. Oh, but, please. I like, this is entertainment. I'm sure people are liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> Good. Okay. So what, what, why did you choose the word, um, real life? Well, um, you know, between, I'm telling you, you, I'm sure, you know, floating every day doing, I'm doing the psychedelics and a very ungrounded reality I live in and it keeps shifting and getting crazier and I have more peak experiences. And so relative to someone who's out there grinding and like I've experienced in a way, the truth of what's out there. And there's nothing to do and nowhere to go from the mountaintop, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. Like I live in an unreality half the time where I'm either in some other plane of existence on a psychedelic or doing float tank work or 
doing the mission here, which is floating the people and making, you know, obsessing over the buoyancy of the water. So <laughs> I'm not out there watching the news, doing a nine to five, worrying about mm. the, the grass being mowed and uh, what, where, whether I got my kids' college fund together or not. So I guess it's that's fun. the best way to describe what, uh, why I use that term. It's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep probing. It's ironic that I, that I mowed the lawn today. Uh, I just moved my family out to a more rural area on two acres on the islands here in the Puget Sound. Um, my nearest neighbor is an acre away and I have a big lawn and I did, I did at least, I got a, I got my investment portfolio statement sent my way that actually has my kids college fund in it. So it's, fucking awesome that you just said i don't have to worry about mowing my lawn or my kids college fund because i worried about both of those things today but i'm gonna go (laughs) of course you said those two things um the 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 question that i have and i want to i want to go a little bit further with this is um is is an is a nine to five you know commute job remote work is that any more real than than assisting people in their own consciousness expansion through um you know what is 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 obvious to me is through a largely like neo-shamanic format as you do more altered states as you see new types of consciousness and feel new vibrations and hone you know parts of your parts of your spirit in a, in a, in a very intentional, uh, and, and silly and fun. And of course, <laughs> you know, you still get the light show, but you're, you're actually doing work on yourself and in turn able to help people and facilitate their experiences is, is, is a nine to five virtual work dude. Uh, not, well, I don't think of myself as kind of the, this, this person I'm talking about, but is that any more real than what you're doing? Well, no, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, from that perspective they're both unreal and uh you know they're both they're chosen from i think a relative state of unconsciousness or consciousness meaning i think somebody who's doing the nine to five and turning the gears they're just unconsciously you know and and i was that way too and i think we all are at a certain point until we wake up and then it's like i have the magic wand now and i don't want to be like fantasia and cause a bunch of shit to go wrong and so that's the other thing it's like I know how reality kind of works and how to kind of surf and navigate it. I've got this portal here to another dimension anytime I want with this float tank. And I, you know, you know what I mean? Like I have with great power comes great responsibility. And it's so like, it's the, it's the, it's the responsibility to work internally and then also to protect and share this space with other people. So they can also have the potential to reach uh, the spaces I'm reaching. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I've achieved like what more if i had more money i would just do this more i would just build more of these things well what, you know what i mean like what I, I i'm glad i don't have too many desires but uh that's the other thing it's like i don't crave anything but what i'm doing which i think is a really good thing because i think i found what i'm supposed to be doing um but i don't i don't know like the here's the thing coronavirus has been nothing but silver linings because it made my life even easier <laughs> i was already blissed out here helping people and i was doing nothing in the meantime while i was doing that and now it was like everything's shut down there's no traffic everything's cooler calmer hmm. quieter and the, you know it, then it got crazy with the mask here now and then we've reached the point of lunacy where we don't need to wear them but uh everybody's so zombified and asleep that 
it's easier to, and this is the scary part. When I go out, it's like, I, it's, it's been good. I went to Target today and I saw about three people in the store with the mask on their face, but like down, like underneath their chin. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do that too. Uh, because it's like, oh man, it's like you want to go in the store and not wear your mask, but it's like, do you really want to face the resistance? And that's where it gets scary. It's like, man, if you were going to shut me down and shoot me down for wanting to just pull my mask down and breathe for a few seconds, or we could just all band together and all pull our masks down. But damn, mm. people are in a fear state, you know? And yeah. part of the problem is, and it's not my problem, I figured this out a long time ago, I don't watch TV. Or if I do, I'm specifically consciously knowing what I'm going to dial into, what I'm, what I'm up against, what they're trying to sell uh, ideologically sometimes. And then I choose if I want it or not. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll watch CNN now just to laugh at it. I'm not going to yeah. go in and say I'm going to get anything real here. <laughs> so, right. I mean, has, how has the pandemic been for you? Silver linings uh, or has it been like just a complete and utter nightmare? It's been heavy for me, man. It's been really heavy. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, and kind of going back to your, what do you, your question earlier about, you know, ascended master work, intuitive work, you know, spirit guide, archangel work and what's going on in the world. And, um, it's been really, really heavy for me because, um, I am fairly involved in, in different media outlets as a podcast host, mm. as a content creator, as a, as a coach, coaching um, uh, several high level executives at, you know, at big companies. And I've, I've got venture capital clients and then I've got, you know, people who are, who are very well established, very highly professional people. And I, um, as I navigate through this mess and obviously I've stated what I, what I think is going on. Um, I have found that this has, has caused a lot of friction for me internally because I can't not be outspoken. I can't speak the truth. And you'll notice something that I think is kind of interesting is that um, the people in my world, which is health, nutrition, biohacking, you know, personal development world, like time X, you know, 10 X is I'm just involved in this all day, having these sorts of conversations all day. And I've done, you know, I've done four coronavirus podcasts where we talk, you know, it's skepticism of, of the, the narrative. I just did two recently that where it's a couple of, uh, of, of guests and, and I talk about just like, this is just a big brainwash operation and the people in the, in, in health and fitness that believe in the, the power of the body's immune system that like actually believe that our bodies are designed to deal with viruses and, oh yeah, this actually hasn't been isolated or tested. So we don't really know where it came from or if it's an actual virus. Oh yeah. It hasn't fulfilled Koch's postulate, which means that, they've isolated it and been able to, to say exactly what it is. The people who are the most um, uh, consistent about this messaging, standing up for personal freedoms, standing up against vaccine agendas. Um, th those people are very heartfelt, very, very liberal thinking that people that care about other people, yeah. you know, they they want people to be fine. They want people to thrive and be well. And and those people are now the pariahs, you know, people who are saying like, hey, like let's let's believe in our bodies. 
Let's believe in, in, in the sun. Let's believe in um, healthy lifestyles so that when we're diabetic and we get the cold, it doesn't kill us. And that, that has now become this like, like, like sort of anti-villain, like anti, anti culture sort of, and, and there, there are a number of people that really exemplify this for me that, that, um, are going real hard in the paint right now with the memes. And there's just uh, a, t- a ton of, you know, like personal freedoms um, that they're fighting for. You know, I, I, for one, decided to put my fucking flag in the ground of vaccines a long time ago. And I my, neither of my kids have received a single vaccine, not one. Not, they've never had a shot in the arm for any reason. Wow. Not a one. Congratulations, that's uh, quite, a, quite a feat there. Nothing, not MMR, not nothing. Zero, zero, zero. And they have, they've. they've how do they go fought. to school? Like, how do they do things? Don't you, aren't you supposed to have all these things to go to school? You are supposed to, yeah. In Washington State, you are. Um, they, they have a religious exemption. Oh, nice, and, nice. Right. And so um, my family is um, a member of the Congregation of um, Universal Wisdom. And what that means is you can't fucking jab me with needles and injection into me that I don't want. All right. That's my, that's my church. All right. (laughs) Exactly. It's a real church. It's they're out of New Jersey. Uh, It's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a real congregation composed mostly of like chiropractors and it just doesn't um, make sense to just shoot a whole bunch of chemicals into your body. Nah, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It doesn't at all. Especially when you start seeing what they are. They're just terrible things too. It's not just, uh, they're not just really fun chemicals that are healthy and holistic. It's a bunch of bad, bad, nasty stuff. It's a bunch of nasty stuff that, that has never been double blind placebo control tested. Not a single one has ever, 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 ever had a double blind placebo controlled safety study. Not a single vaccine has ever had that. Like that alone should make you go, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? Is that real? Is that true? Look it up. It's real. It's true. And so for me, like I see the writing on the wall. I see where this is going. I see that we are going to be slowly infringed upon until we're told that we're dirty, yucky people. Uh, We're contagious to each other and that we can't touch each other uh, and we can't embrace each other and we should be scared of our own systems. We should be scared of our own bodies. And that I will not fucking say. That, that's for. where I've been starting to get worried where it's like, this is going on so long and people have gotten into such a lull. Not everyone, because there's people that are awake and there are people that just don't believe it and they don't care. And I'm, I, I fall into all the last, all those things I said, I'm all of those. I don't care. I don't believe it anymore. And uh, I'm also doing it as a, you know, I'm, I, I care about the right of, yeah, I don't want this slow infringement on my rights where uh, it's going to be plastic uh, dividers and these things forever. And they're going to just keep taking more and more or I'm going to be walking around in a bubble. So no, I've got to, you know, like, I'm so thankful. Like my, my next question was going to be, I'm in Florida. We last to close first to open pretty much. Basically you guys, uh, it's a pretty leftist state. Am I not, am I mistaken? Like you're right. So how did the businesses, did they get any damage during any of the shutdowns or rioting or anything going on? Well, yeah. I mean, Chaz chop in downtown Seattle. That's what I was. I I was kind of alluding that. I didn't know if they were actually in that area. 
No, the 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 float centers not that are not in that area. Um, uh, the Bellevue location um, was a few blocks away from from some 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 not so nonviolent protests where there was some looting and stuff, but they didn't get they didn't get hit by it. Yeah, it, it it's it, it, part of the reason why I moved my family out of the suburbs and out to rural, more rural areas was just to have the to have the space. You know, there's there's a there's a lot to what what why I've moved out here. There's a there's a lot going on, a lot of intention behind it. Um, it was a big it was a big obviously it's a big shift, but the um, yeah masks mandatory when you go into businesses. Um, and uh, I've been I've been fighting against that on social media with my family. <laughs> like you know, like like I've been very much against it from the very beginning. And um, been very vocal about it on on social media platforms and on my podcast that you know that gets fifty thousand fifty thousand downloads a month. Like we've been we've been talking a lot about it. We've been having really 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 high quality experts weigh in, um, experts in, in immunity and and experts in, in viruses. Um, um, and so it it has been a hard, it has been, it has been a hard because of the sort of martial aspects of, of people telling me what I want what I can and what I can't do and what, what everybody in Washington is going through. Um, and the work that, that, that I've been trying to do spiritually during this is to, um, is to move through it gracefully and also not take any shit because well, that's the thing yeah i, I find it's like to to, to grow through and, and to get through things to pass you've just got to yeah you you literally can't like i have the same kind of like you ain't tucking you ain't gonna make me wear a fucking mask in walmart man you're not gonna make me you're gonna go to find now this isn't florida i'm talking about the people getting fined if they walk around in public outdoors like yeah. that's 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 just ridiculousness so i get fired up about those things no 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 I just yeah. want to. I just want to slap people. I'm like, come on! It's not that bad. They have taken the flu and they have said it is this deadly thing. If it was so bad, why don't you wear a mask before? If they really protected you, why don't you wear a mask before? Right. Oh, there's so many things we could get into, like cooking the numbers, throwing the people in the in the nursing homes, and then the the five democratic states. All these things have gone down to the the tests are are wrong or they're tainted the the fruits and the animals being tested are coming back positive yeah. it's it's just a bu bullshit it's just so much bullshit for me i'm so sick of it at this point yeah and, and uh, I, I i i'm i'm upset because i'm just watching people become uh this is the new normal and that's what's scary to me i'm walking around and I'm wearing, I wear the mask for five minutes. When I go to the grocery store, I know what I want. It's a mission. I'm in mm -hmm. and out. It's tactical. I know exactly what I want. I'm not wasting any time. Uh, I got my mask on. I have to wear it. I, I, I pull it down between the aisles when nobody's looking. I get the big breaths in. And sometimes if I see someone else with their mask down, I'm going to pull it down in solidarity. Uh, but I'm in there and out. And, but here's the problem. Even those five minutes to 10 minutes where I'm wearing the mask, and I, I'm not, I don't have breathing issues. I don't have asthma or anything, but I'm not the best breather either. I have sinus problems from time to time. That mask is not easy for me. And I notice, and I'm a relatively healthy person. I'm walking around Publix for five minutes and I'm running into shit. The basket I'm carrying is, I can't see things. My system's already a little off from wearing yeah. that mask just for a few minutes. And so I'm thinking about people 
who are not like me, who are convinced that this is a real deal thing. They're gonna, they wear the mask everywhere. They wear the mask driving in traffic alone in their cars. I'm like, what kind of like idiocy is going through their brains now that they can't think? Like they're, they're doubling down on the hypnotism and the, and the, yeah. uh, you know, like keeping these people down because it's like, okay, they're, people are watching the news. They are, they're getting depleted amounts of oxygen to their brain. And I'm only doing it for five minutes and I'm acting like a fucking moron, uh, stumbling through the grocery store, like I'm drunk. And I'm like, how are these people who are like convinced that this is the life for the next, that they've been living like this? Like what kind of damage has been done to their brain with the lack of oxygen? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's not, uh, it's, it's tough because, um, it's easy to, to be, it, it's such an, it's such an easy opportunity for virtue signaling. Oh Uh, yeah. That's the other one. Oh God. That's the thing is like well-meaning people like, like friends of mine, well-meaning people who have not read what I've read or listened to what I've listened to. And they don't, they're not, they're not thinking really critically about it. And they probably do watch mainstream media and they have learned that it's like, you're a hero for it. You're a hero. When you wear a mask, you're going to save somebody else's grandma. And that has made it such a, a useful dividing tool. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, you see it and, it and it's just right there. It's really, that's what they're doing it for because it's so bad that the, the virtue signaling, you're right. It's really, I'm telling you, I, that's why when I see somebody in the aisle with it down, I pull it down in solidarity. I'm like, look, bro, I'm not with this shit either. Yeah. And when the people come into the float center, this is what I do. I'm sitting in the chair. I can see them walking up. If they have the mask off, I'm not wearing the mask. If they have it on, I wear the mask out of respect for sure. their mindset. And they're, they're going to be my customer. They're going to hopefully have, I want them to be relaxed. And if the first thing they see is some Yahoo with his, you know, oh my God, he's going to get me sick and I can't float here. So, you know, you wear it out, you know, you want to make the customer happy. The customer is always right. So my, yeah. my, my, boy, my concern about your civil liberties goes out the door because I, I want you to be relaxed and I want you to come back and love this floating experience. Because that's yeah. the other thing I try to do. One thing I try to do with floating, and I'm glad you do it too, you give the extra time. Um, because here's the thing, 60 minutes isn't enough. I want people to, even if they never come float at my float center again, I want them to have an optimal experience because when they go out into the world and somebody says, Hey, how was floating? Well, I spent $50 and I got dripped on and the water was cold and my neck wasn't going too far back enough and blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't get the right float. So from that point on, the experience is floating is shitty. Don't waste your money on it. So my whole thing is about making it just optimal for people and making sure that you know what floating is. I don't care if you come back. Uh, I do what I do care is if you go out to the real world and you, you know that floating is the bomb. Yeah. And so it's about making people comfortable going back to the mask, right? It if is. I, work, it is. I, see, I see the people cruising up. All right, I'll mask up. Now, what I'll say is, hey, I'm like, you know what? If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to wear it. But recently, I mean, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like, I don't say anything. I just wear the mask. I explain for five minutes the floating and I get all fogged up because I'm wearing glasses and I just deal with it. But that's the problem though. It's becoming uh, complacent and normal and uh, the new normal. That's the problem. It's from a, from a spiritual standpoint, this is a, this is a transition moment. This for humanity, like 
we're, yeah. we're, we're going through this thing and we're all in it together. And there aren't very many occurrences ever, like maybe ever before where there is a, a globe, like a global, we have this interconnectedness now. And like everybody decides that sports aren't sports aren't a thing anymore. Like for for a couple months, sports are not going to happen. And movies That's, too, you know. Right. That alone sends sends a a shockwave, like a, a vibration across the planet, where people are like, "Oh, something's going on. Something's going on." And you know, same same thing is like what nine eleven what nine eleven did. You know, it was another it's like fulcrum moment where it was, things were shift things were going one way and they shifted another way. And what what I have both intuited and learned and spoken through with really really experienced and well thought out people is that this is like uh, a a a pubescent almost. Uh, moment in human civilization we're getting to this point where we are we have not quite grown up we have not quite gone through puberty where we can see through shit and speak up for ourselves and let let our hearts and and love lead um the direction of where civilization is heading because there are you know again there are either super evil people or there are super or, or there are, are just um business interests that are that have been driving the boat and when we wake up to the fact that we have this immense amount of power to create the sort of future that we want you know in the vision of of of, of the masters you know of the of the really great thinkers and innovators buckminster fuller uh, rudolf steiner um you know, like visionaries of what future can be. We're, we're going through it now. We're having to face it. And this period may last a while where we're like, okay, what do we really want to be on this planet? Like, where, where are we really going? Are we going to be able to use crystal energies and have, um, you know, free energy for all? And no, collab, collab, like McDonald's and petroleum fuel yeah. and <laughs> forever. No, I don't want to go to the next stage. I want my McDonald's and gasoline. <laughs> Right. And, and the, and the, the ego wants McDonald's and gasoline and porn and it wants, um, um, it wants it fast and quick and easy and now, and, and it's bumpy. <laughs> the, the ego doesn't like change. The ego wants things predictable right. and this is safe. like a collective dark night of the soul. Exactly. Exactly having to face this well shit, the problem like, is though we've already come out of it i think you know what i mean for the most part you know i would say that's very obvious with you coming out of the uh, the metaphor of the butterfly and the cocoon and all that would you agree that you've you've gone through your dark night of the soul yeah i i, I could be in it now i mean i, I, I could so? be in it. i could yeah. be in it now i mean i i hey, have, you I'm, feel like you, you this is the most tried you've ever been in your entire life This is the most because a dark night of the soul is usually like you're, 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 it's like transition from that that ego that wasn't aware of the light of God towards that light and when in that you know in the beginning it's like overwhelming because you're clinging on to that ego and all the things that the ego wants versus you get kind of halfway through it's like well God is great I'm good to go and I can let all this shit go and it's the closer you get towards that state of you know which is I feel like you've already come out of it because you're realized in a way that you know like 
we're having this conversation because we're here now to help other people through floating and self-coaching and all these other things we do, all these modalities we offer, opportunities to get to that state and higher, to awaken their own internal stuff. So I'm saying you've already, I think, I mean, shit, you may have another one coming, you know, but I feel <laughs> well, like you don't get to the stage that you're at with already having one, or you maybe well, you come to the, come to this life already enlightened. You know what I mean? Maybe there's no dark night of the soul for you. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've reached like the, like a depth of darkness that, that feels like I needed to be, that I needed to go through this to see the light. I don't. I don't think. So you never I'm, felt uh, a moment well, separated from divinity, where like God has forsaken you. No, I never have. I never have. I've never felt forsaken. I've. Fe- I've. I've felt. I've felt the deepest, darkest deaths seven hours into ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, you know, I've felt um, despair from complicated um relationships you know another part of the story is that that partner uh that i told you about when i started the float centers um that silent partner sued me and my wife Uh over over the float center uh and so i had to work i had to work through that to save the float centers but 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 for me the 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 transmutation of of what we're all doing here. Like, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that this is going somewhere good. I know oh, for sure. Right. Like this is, this it's is all going to work out. Okay. Graph. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I didn't, you know, it, the world has become more complicated and requires reasonable people to have louder voices. And I believe I'm contributing to that um, in, in various ways and there's also like spiritual work I do for clients. There's also psychedelic work I do for clients. There's coaching, there's spiritual guidance. So like, I'm still in the muck, you know, of, of helping people deal with their shit every single, every day, literally every day. But also um, that's, that's, I think where we're at collectively um, as as a human civilization, we're going through this thing, and it's and it's makes and it's itchy and funky and gross sometimes, and and uncertain. But we're all kind of writhing in it together, and and I believe, and you know, a lot of a lot of meditation has been devoted to this topic, obviously, and a lot of collaboration with guides, uh, especially uh, Saint Germain and and um, Archangel Raphael. Those two have been the most predominant in 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 my meditations and in in my connection, my spiritual connection to the guides that 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 help do actual work on this planet. And I don't know if you know much about the 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 archangels or the masters, but you know, Raphael is like um, he's kind of he's he's it's it's health for him. It's like health and wellness is Raphael, and so. Um, Michael is protection. Um, um, Raphael is more about fostering health and wellness. So like, like he would have a connection to a float center. He would have a connection to like a firefighter EMT. He would have connection to like viruses and illnesses, you know, if this is a virus actually. And, and, And I'm still not sure of that, but like sickness, sickness and health, like that's Raphael's domain. And the, 
the evolution of civilization, of creativity, of agency, that is Saint Germain. Saint Germain is is a you know civilization yeah, I, builder. I have, a, I have a lot of uh, I don't know when this journey first started with me six seven years ago. He was a big energy with uh, this place. And so I have a lot of association with him. He always appears like a purple cloud. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very integrated with what's going on. For sure. You know, yeah, with all this stuff, the Great, awake, great Awakening. Yeah, the, the, the shifting into the new, the, new, the new way of being, how that will look like, what, what, what work needs to be done, how intentional is it, how focused is it? You know, is it, is it for the greatest good? Is it out of love and light and truth? He's, then he's, you know, he's present. He's present there. And, you know, we, we all have to kind of decide like what we want, how we want to participate, you know, how, how much do we want to engage? What's our thing? What, what's the thing that we're going to do that's going to help things improve going forward? We all have to decide that, right? We, we all get to participate and contribute in some way. And it would be great if everybody could find what that thing is that helps them contribute to the betterment of the future of humanity and do that thing. If that's well, that's, the thing. Uh, that, that's why I tell people, I'm like, just work on yeah. yourself. You want to change the world? Like literally, I mean, th- it, this is a really big concept, but it's very simple and it's been experienced. You want the world to change? You literally only have to do one thing, work on yourself, create inner stillness, uh, become calm, see what's wrong with your life, fix those things, work from there. And it all starts taking, you know, building on top of each other. Next thing you know, your whole vibration is shifted. And through that vibrational shift, the whole reality you're attracting is now different. But it all, unfortunately, or fortunately, actually, I think fortunately, you actually have a little bit of uh, say over it by doing the inner work. So I think the float tank is the perfect thing because I'm lazy and I had a lot of physical injury going into trying to get meditating and all these things going in my life. So meditation and sitting was not going to be easy for me. That pulls me out of my state of like feeling good because I'm in pain. I want to relax. Float tank, oh man, you're blissed out. You're laying in that wet, uh, wonderful salt bed and you're blissing out there for 60 to 90 minutes and you can get into that state that it takes somebody in a cave maybe 20 years to get to and you're there in an hour yeah yeah and you doing that you you taking it upon yourself to to work on you to allow yourself to recover to allow yourself to to slip into a vibration that is that is beneficial not only just for you but everybody you talk to well that's yeah right everybody that you inter- interact with online like if you're in a better state then those people will benefit from that that you know the the best the best gift that you can give to someone else is to just be a better version of you yeah be be a better version and be yourself yeah be honest yeah and Get, attract an honest reality not a half truth reality right right that i that is i mean that's one of the things that you know that i love about you know, interacting with you and watching you do your thing on Instagram. It's like, I, I, I am attracted to the most, um, the most extreme versions of, of ourselves that we can be, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like don't, don't, don't hold punches. Don't apologize. Don't, don't feel like you've got to conform to anyone else's idea of what you are or, or what you want to be. 
you should be as most you as you can possibly be. And those are the people who are the most interesting. And those are the people who actually um, make, make a stamp and send ripples out into the universe. And it takes a lot of guts and it takes, it takes a fair amount of like intention and it takes some, you know, um, incarnational uh, odds, you know, to be in the body that you are with the parents that you have and the time that you're in. Um, but you should just find out the, the most, most essential elements of yourself and then just like, like inject a rainbow into it and then go be that person, go do that thing. Oh man. Well, there you go. I think, uh, three hours in, I'm going to go inject a few rainbows now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, you know, the point of doing this, I don't do it too often because I'm like, there's so much information out there and a lot of the stuff's already out there that we talk about, but you know, we putting it together, it's our own little unique mix of what you got. And if you like the, 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 the Instagram, you'll, you kind of like what's going on here. So yeah, I appreciate all you brought to the table tonight because it's one of those podcasts where you can go away entertained, hopefully with a little bit more information and uh, be inspired maybe to go float and uh, just an interesting story that's been told. So yeah, I I just, uh, anything else you want to say or add or anything you want to plug before we uh, shut it down for the night? You know, I've, I've mentioned, you know, I've mentioned the, the the stop method uh, that thing works <laughs> it, it you know it's set up in a way for you to like click through a bunch of shit and watch some videos and you can book me for a call if you want but that method works like crazy it will it will, it will really help you that is like that is a gift that that everybody would benefit from um you know if, if you want to follow me on instagram it's real sean mccormick s-e-a-n um but you know what i do want to say is Thank you for being so consistent. Thank you for showing up and doing the work. Thank you for being the most authentic version of yourself that you can be and continuing to evolve. And I get you, I see you (laughs) and um, I appreciate you. Well, you know, it's incredible. I appreciate that too. Cause when you, when you're saying those things, I'm going, no, 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 that's true. I'm laughing because I know it is true. And, I, and I, you know, on my own, I think we all are our own worst, harshest self-critic. And it's like, I know I could do better. I could eat less, run harder, smoke less weed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, even though I'm doing fantastic and, you know. Good. Are you? So, Good. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't don't get me wrong here. I was just, you you reach a point where you're just nitpicking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, you're, it, it, perfectionism is a subtle form of self-hate, I've discovered. And uh, when you reach a point where you've kind of cleared the table of relationships and desires and you're living in a float center, blissing out and helping other people, you kind of realize, you know, uh, there's not much to do. And I don't even know where I'm going with this conversation at this point, because we've, we've basically, we basically you, said it all. We have said it all. We have said, we have said a lot. Just keep up the do, keep fighting the good fight. Keep doing the good work. I'll, yeah. I'll do, I'll, I'll do the same up here. That's all you have the, to do in the opposite corner of the country that's like the direct opposite like you are top uh over there in the top uh left hand corner and mm-hmm. i'm over here yeah the, they, they they call it the the, the university or not the universe the, the country's penis or, yeah. <laughs> or or sometimes the dingleberry yeah. florida is especially, do, you, do you ever come down to florida i've been to florida a couple times yeah i like it 
All right. Well, next time you do, uh, hit me up and we'll take care of you. Awesome. And, uh, fantastic conversation. Finally, uh, so glad we finally got this to happen. Uh, we've been following each other for a long time now, and uh, it's been interesting watching uh, your journey. And I, I really got to next level stuff with you tonight, which I didn't realize. So that's the thing about looking at people online. You, uh, you, you never know what the truth is. And, you know, you can, you'll never see how I'm seeing you and you, you'll never see how other people see you. And it's just an incredible thing. And, and I, I'm sure the thing that, you know, I appreciate all the things you said about me tonight. It's been very flattering. And I, I hit it, but there was a point where there was a little bit of tears and some snot. Um, and we didn't cut the program anybody or anything. It's just, I was silent with it, but uh, you got me choked up there at a certain mm. point. So um, maybe I'll go back and be able to figure it out now. Cause I forgot when it was, but uh, yeah, I just appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, thanks for setting high standards in the float community and being a great leader in the float community. You've stood up there mm. for a long time. It's, I guess now sad to say that you're on the back end. Maybe it'll be around two for you. Who knows what the universe has got in store got a lot a lot of life to live in a lot of time left on this planet i'm sure so lots of wonderful things to do sean um yeah the website uh what's the website again uh the 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 fear technique for getting getting past your fear for getting rid of negative emotions is stop the stop uh stop method.com right and, and anything else uh what's the name of the podcast yeah, the podcast is fucking epic, man. You you, you would really really enjoy. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cue it up tomorrow because I Paul Check, yeah, dude, Paul Paul Check. He, he's he's incredible. He's in, it's many 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 ties into the topics of the stuff that we talked about tonight. Cool, you're gonna love it. Yeah, optimal performance podcast, everybody. Fantastic. Well, there it is, folks. You got three hours of uh, some pretty good flow talk tonight, which has uh, been a change of pace with all the other stuff we've been talking about. So thanks again, Sean, man. I really appreciate you. Love you. Love everything you're doing. God bless you. Keep it love up. Too, and man. I will see you on the Instagram, internet, <laughs> Facebook, and everything in between. So yes, sir.